My predictions about Diablo 4 Season 1 were on target about fans being disappointed, unhappy, and ultimately needing to walk away from the game, but the devs decided to swing for the fences, making virtually every aspect of the game less fun and more unenjoyable, so my prediction sort of fell short, sadly. I I honestly thought the hardcore fans, the more dedicated career players, would be very happy with Diablo for season one and they have since the developers taken to twitter they did a live stream trying to calm the fires of the anger from the community but this has me asking many bigger and deeper questions about the state of the game and its future this goes beyond my boredom or my criticisms the debate about seasonal versus eternal realm this is something that i believe could be detrimental to the game's future as it seems related to deep rooted issues within the game itself and I don't even know if the fixes that they're putting out or promising will ultimately help the game get into a better place but I do try to put everything right here at the beginning of the stream for you it's a live stream but I open with like an opening monologue with all the information and all my thoughts so make sure you hit subscribe and the bell button so you don't miss out on the content So Diablo 4 is making waves with its audience, and sadly, they're the type of wave that drives people away. I had my own predictions about what Diablo 4 Season 1 would look like from a player feedback perspective, and the truth is, any of that feedback about starting over, making a new character, not being able to do the battle pass with the Eternal Realm, like, none of that is probably even getting to the surface, because it's all been drowned out by the overwhelming amount of complaints and far bigger issues and far bigger fundamental issues that the game is now facing. So much of what they did, they, they, they basically had to apologize for in an emergency sort of campfire stream where they spoke candidly with the community. So first, I want to look at what they did. There was a patch that basically nerfed everything, slowed the entire game down, people were dying, they basically said they had to like walk back tiers of the game because they just couldn't stay alive anymore. There was also an issue with the UI and accidental purchases. I want to look at all those things from a big picture perspective. I don't need to go down through all the changes that they made because that will quickly be irrelevant. It's part of a larger discussion that I've been trying to talk about that this game fundamentally was not ready for public consumption and continues to show that. Second, I want to discuss what they said during their live stream. I think there's some very telling commentary in that live stream about the future of the game, their philosophy, and your confidence in the game going forward. What level of confidence can any of us have with future seasons, as some of these changes and updates, like ladders, won't even be showing up until Season 3? The third thing I want to do is just sort of ask the question, how does this happen? How do, how do you get so much wrong and upset so many people? This isn't your first rodeo, okay? The whole thing reeks of ineptitude. It lacks vision, like there's no clear direction for the game. That has me needing to restate some of the concerns I had post-launch. There were so many basic balancing problems during the first week of the game that I predicted we would end up unearthing far worse issues. I said, listen, these are very basic things that people discovered. There were broken builds very early on that had to be addressed. There was even early game builds and early game gameplay that just didn't feel that good. And I said, listen, this is just the tip of the iceberg. There will be far bigger and worse issues discovered 
as the weeks transpire, as the millions of players comb over the game, and here we are. That's exactly where we have ended up. So much of the commentary from the devs during their campfire stream confirmed that we're just now seeing the troubles that await this game. So what happened? What what was the thing that sort of set this off? Now, now keep in mind, they're going to revert some of this stuff. You may be watching this after a hotfix or something. I, that doesn't matter, okay? I'm not going to be going down into the details of every change. That's not prevalent. That's not really relevant to the discussion because it's going to be an ever-moving goalpost. I want to stick to big picture and just sort of summarize what happened. According to The Verge, quote, there were a large swath of changes significantly shaking up the potency of many popular character builds like lowering their damage output, as well as adjustments to the difficulty curve and the reward system that make the endgame slog even more of a grind. Now, one of my concerns before the game came out was that it had MMO tendencies, but then it was asking players to engage with an ongoing format that was a seasonal ARPG format. These changes seem to amplify the dissonance in the game that I've continued to try to draw attention to. Slowing the game down in a seasonal ARPG just sort of seems odd that's not what everybody talks about they always talk about how it's fast and it's exciting and new car smell and all of that okay why would you slow everything down okay It's being referred to as a nerf patch, more from The Verge. Quote, The tweaks include across-the-board nerfs to all character classes thanks to a reduction of critical strike damage, vulnerability damage, cooldown reduction bonuses, experience bonuses for killing higher-level enemies, which also hinders players' ability to boost their lower-level friends and more. Now, even if some of this gets reverted or gets addressed, you have to see the problem. The first season's about to launch, and the premise of starting over is, well, hey, it's always been this way, right? Start over and make a new character. The new car smell. Everything's faster. Well, if that's the point of a new season, then the developers seem to have a very contrary view of what the game should feel like right before Season 1 launches. At least, the ardent defenders of the game kept telling me that seasons are fast and exciting, and that's why you should want to come back. On the eve of kicking off Season 1, Blizzard nerfed and slowed everything down, and there are many theories as to why, but the following changes, even if reverted, I think show a significant problem with the game's design. More from The Verge. The S-tier character builds of Barbarian using Hammer of the Ancients, Necromancers using Bone Spear, Druids using Werewolf Shred, and Sorcerers using Ice Shards all took significant hits to damage output. One of my issues with the game's design was in the very early stages of the game, you sort of pick your primary attack. The lack of variety and looping back to other abilities like you did in Diablo 3 because of the runes, you'd say, oh, I haven't used that ability in a while. You would loop back to it, you would turn on the rune, and you would test it out. Riker even warned against this in his initial review, saying that you very quickly choose your primary damage output, and that's what you use for 75 levels, essentially, all the way to level 100. Now, the underlying problem here is that if any of those central abilities get nerfed or buffed, everything falls apart. There is a centrality to those 
abilities. Entire builds become invalid or worthless in the blink of an eye. It's very hard to pivot, uh, rebuild, or re-roll your character when everything is very unidimensional. These changes went beyond hurting characters, however, they also hurt the grind as well. More from The Verge. Beyond character nerfs, the Helltide quest event that could be quite lucrative for skilled high-level players, hunting legendaries and unique items, now has harder enemies and reward chests that cost more resources. Rip, rest in peace, to one of the most fun parts of the game. This seems so contrary to everything that we have heard from the devs in the past. When one of the devs who helped with Loot 2.0 commentated on the problems with Anthem, the generosity with items dropping in the game of Anthem, if you remember that, I always pointed back and cited that, okay? I would often repeat my motto that generosity is not the enemy of engagement. Generosity is the promoter of engagement. We should not be afraid to be generous. Now, obviously, there are extremes, but this is a prime example of a game getting overtuned to the point that events, activities, and loot cycles suddenly become unrewarding, and then what's the point of playing them? This change doesn't really square with decisions and philosophies that led to Diablo 3's turnaround. The changes can't be really described as one step forward with one step backward. These feel like leaps backwards. The Verge even felt like some of the dev notes were sort of strange from the stream. Quote, there's a boatload more of patch notes which have been embedded in the developer notes that range from sounding concerned about balancing out the game to downright defensive about good players being too good for Blizzard's liking. So they have like notes in the notes that are trying to kind of justify some of these changes and this is exactly the sort of wrong-headed philosophy that can kill a game. Squashing the fun and the speed and the rhythm of a game simply because some players are very good or efficient at certain grinds is so painfully backwards. But it makes sense to me since I've continued to say that this game was designed from the ground up for career Diablo players and nobody else. So any collateral damage from these changes is probably not a concern since the game is orbiting around career Diablo players. And that's the real problem with this situation. They upset the very people that the game has been designed for. Even the author of the Verge article felt that they were too weak and they had to drop down a world tier. They were playing on world tier 4, Torment, prior to the patch. So this isn't some casual who just needs to get good. They seem to be quite good at the game. They were playing at a high level. Listen to how they describe it. It's a little jarring to feel like a sizable portion of the progress you made over dozens of hours just evaporated. He went on to say that making the game feel artificially longer in the end game is a bit like just getting the hang of running on a treadmill while someone else quietly cranks up the speed to try to get you to fall. I can't help but think of Halo Infinite. If you remember the battle pass for Halo Infinite was heavily criticized when it first came out. It was more designed around getting people to log in for daily engagement rather than being designed around what is good for the players. And this feels very similar, but in a different way. They want to elongate engagement and playtime. Instead of designing something that centers around the experience, it's centering around metrics. And this wasn't the only thing that riled up the community. A UI glitch was quickly declared cried and criticized as folks were purchasing the premium battle pass by accident. 
According to GamesRadar.com, Diablo 4 streamer Rurikon recently took to Twitter to share their frustration at the game's menu design after they inadvertently redeemed their own premium battle pass while trying to view their progress in the season menu. As the accompanying video clip shows, all it takes is a single click and the transaction goes through. What an effing scam, the streamer said, realizing the paid content had been activated. Quote, it was deliberately and maliciously designed that way. He even followed up by saying that he believed it was deliberate. In a follow-up tweet, they explained that when you go to the season tab, the default selection is always activate premium pass, adding that Blizzard, quote, knew exactly what they were doing. This prompted a response from Riker. He decided to weigh in. This was before Diablo Global Community Manager was able to respond to the situation, and this is what Riker had to say. When a UI element is designed to trick you into clicking it, it's called a dark pattern. In my opinion, Blizzard needs to add a confirm button or something if they don't want to be accused of using dark patterns. Simple, quote, confirm pop-up would fix this. Now, Now, at the time of writing the monologue that I'm going through right now, the original tweet from Rurikon had 3.7 million views. So Adam Fletcher, the global community director, replied and said, just had a powwow with people on this post stream. We have a temp fix in the works that will at least ensure the cursor isn't defaulted there and will instead be defaulted on season journey. So they're going to quickly try to rectify the fact that like it's defaulting to purchase. Now, Rurikon had already paid for the premium pass but he was going to save it for another season so he sort of wasted that so if you paid for the edition that comes with the battle pass it wasn't like he was suddenly charged money but it did use up something he had already purchased for those of you that haven't purchased it yet be very careful when you're going to that seasonal tab so what was the dev response in their campfire stream okay wasting no time they opened up and just admitted to how bad things were quote we want to acknowledge everyone's feedback in regards to reducing player power said adam fletcher we know it's bad we know it is not fun we ourselves know that this is not the greatest play experience for players out there now on one hand i like seeing the ownership i like seeing the candor but given further comments from the stream i'm just confused why would you try to make sense of any of this well really I, I why would you try to push any of this out they do try to make sense of it though they try to explain exactly what was going on okay they said that separately aside from just apologizing they said we want to talk about how we don't plan on doing a patch like this ever again we have most definitely heard the feedback from the players on that front and we do want to talk about our philosophy and internal statements we're setting for ourselves for future update again this just sparks questions in my mind what what is going on here i'll get to those questions in a moment so what's the explanation okay according to games radar they said that quote reducing player power is never a good experience and they noted that the underlying intent of the patch was to prevent outlier abilities and affixes from unhealthily warping the game so as i said earlier this is such a backwards way to balance the game you see the effect that it had on the game right it compounded i think it's been compounded by the unidimensional build that they've gone with with class building that made it tough i think on themselves if they're wanting to make adjustments and fixes here it's going to be difficult when things sort of get outside of the bell curve Every build's unidimensional. Every build's orbiting around one sort of central thing. And if you mess with that central thing, it's going to be really, really hard to course correct. They pushed out a hotfix to nerf nightmare dungeons to off 
upset some of the player nerfs, basically saying that Nightmare Dungeons apparently, even at tier 1 at level 100, they should be at about a level 70 is what they said. So they're so overtuned that even at tier 1, people were struggling going up to tier, you know, level 100. They just couldn't get them done. They said that it was a small percentage of players that had been able to get past this, which is funny again because it felt like the game was not really built for casual players at every turn. Now, if they're going to be nerfing Nightmare Dungeons to sort of quell some of the frustration with the player nerfs, this could lead to a pendulum swing that will be tough to wrangle to the ground. Quick reactionary changes like this tend to have effects that don't quite ripple out and make landfall until other things start happening in the game. So it's difficult to know when you start reacting like this that you don't sort of slip down the stairs and just keep trying to react and it's almost like you're playing whack-a-mole. Like every time you hit something, something else is going to pop up. This doesn't feel proactive, this feels reactive, which I believe is cause for concern. Now they highlighted the four pillars of their design going forward and I think it all sounds good, but I have questions about it. Number one, they said they want a wide variety of viable builds to discover, but put together and optimize across all five classes. Number two, they want new items and powers every season to keep the game fresh and increase build variety. Number three, continually evolving endgame content with high monster density for powerful builds to mow down and activities to challenge your build. And number four, make the game more fun for players. Number four seems like you shouldn't need to say it, but they said it, right? These four pillars, they sound good. I have concerns about them being able to execute on these, okay? They haven't proven to understand the fundamentals of their own game. From the overcorrection on the Necro during the server slam to early game builds and damage resistance scaling that makes the early game not feel great, it doesn't make leveling feel great, to the MMO and the seasonal ARPG dissonance in the game, to the narrow build options that hem you in very early in the game, I think much of what they did at base levels of this game will make their four pillars very difficult to act on. And they seem to know that what is expected of them. They said, quote, if the game is not more fun for players, if players can't believe that as the game evolves, it will get more fun, then we're not accomplishing our goals. But they also made it clear, nerfs will continue to happen. The following quote from the stream. When we make changes that have the ultimate aim of increasing build diversity, we need to pair those changes with compelling alternatives. That means there are some builds that are overpowered, and we can't nerf those overpowered builds without providing compelling alternatives. Again, this just sounds like pendulum swing game design. If you nerf X, well, you have to make Y and Z compelling. So everybody's going to kind of swing to that. Now, they did say they're going to lower the cost of respecking. I think they said by like 40%. I listened to it this morning and was trying to gather all the notes that I could in my head. They're going to lower respec costs because that's kind of going to be the nature of the game going forward is what it sounds like to me is as soon as something arises to being too big too broken too strong they're going to squash it down and give you something else they're going to crop something else up now this is where i believe diablo 4 stayed too safe innovation on game longevity on elasticity it's lacking and it shows okay you're basically going to be on a pendulum swing of nerfs and buffs for the foreseeable future it doesn't seem like that's going to change anytime soon and i i want to respond to a few things that they said during the stream that sort of confirm some of my concerns okay first they claim that they're not trying to slow down 
players. Now this seems baffling to me as virtually all of their changes in design decisions slowed down the game. Also, I think this points to the split identity of the game. You have changes in things that are slowing down the game. You had fundamental decisions from day one that made the game very slow. And now you're saying you don't want things to be slowed down. It doesn't make sense, right? It was going to take like what, 150 hours to get to level 100. When we learned that, I said, I'm kind of concerned about the speed with which this game will work. And then somebody pointed out that like level like 80 or 85 to 100 is about halfway to 100 given the XP necessary. They're making adjustments. They want to make adjustments for level 50 to 100 to make those things less arduous. The second thing I want to talk about is there are drop rates and leveling speed problems that feel very MMO influenced. They simply don't square with a seasonal ARPG. Now, I pointed this out in previous videos, and the problem still remains. And I think there is something internally wrong at the company, which leads to sort of my last section. How does something like this happen? Now, one theory that I have about this and how something like this comes to be is that the season and the patch were too far in development. This is a challenge for all live service games. Your first batch of content content is already in development before you have a single ounce of player feedback it's called parallel development what i mean is in the final months leading up to this game's launch there was a team already working on the season and likely because of the malignant hearts and some of the things that they wanted to do they were already planning on making adjustments and changes to some of the classes and some of the builds and once all that is sort of put in motion it's really really hard to pull the emergency break so that's one theory is that look a lot of this stuff was already in development and let's just say that we'll grant that theory it's probably true to some extent that doesn't really increase my confidence. Some of this stuff doesn't feel like it should need to be explained to the developers of Diablo, making everyone weaker and making content loops less rewarding or taking longer. Who thought that was a good idea? The centrality of a game like this is action, loot dropping, rewarding content loops, and you harmed virtually all of that. I don't know who thought this was a good idea. I don't know how something like this comes to fruition. This is when I start to think that the identity crisis that I talked about a long time ago is really starting to fracture the game. There's an MMO team, and then there's an ARPG team at the company. That's kind of my new theory. Well, I mean, not a new theory. We've been kind of saying this for a while. There is a creative dissonance that will continue to cause problems. You have people who love to see ongoing content built a certain way and others with a completely different viewpoint. You also have to consider that there was information coming out prior to this game's release that pointed to Blizzard teams having crisis maps. Folks were leaving. Many were feeling that they were being motivated to quit. There were folks saying they weren't sure they were going to be around to support Diablo in the aftermath of the launch. Blizzard seemingly not in a good state. Now, I have a feeling the situation has not improved as Diablo 4 has all the hallmarks of a game that wasn't ready and is going to struggle to get back on course. Beyond that, it doesn't seem to have a unified vision or a unified team behind it. It feels scattered, confused, and fractured, which has me asking the toughest question of all. Does Diablo 4 have a future? If the seasonal format in the Battle Pass continues to be built for career Diablo and career ARPG players, you're going to lose the casuals and the mid lane players like myself. It's just not appealing to have all that work thrown in the garbage. Which, funny enough, that's one of the primary criticisms of this patch. All that work, all that investment into characters and builds, and then when they nerf it, everybody's very upset. 
I'm kind of confused. Isn't starting all the way over with the fresh build supposed to be fun? Having all your work sort of thrown in the bin, that's not a big deal, right? Even career players understand that that's just not a good philosophy, and it doesn't bode well with mid lanes and casuals. If the end game is just an ever-swinging pendulum, I feel the only people left, the hardcore players, the career Diablo players, they will also walk away. They'll get exasperated. It'll be like nothing really makes sense. Which way's up? What's the best build? There's no way to know if it's always changing. I don't see a future where Diablo 4 isn't constantly uprooting your builds and pushing out new ones. Their seasonal format demands headroom, or the seasonal power and the seasonal mechanic has nowhere to go. What I mean by headroom is they have to make sure you're not at your absolute peak power because if you are, then the seasonal stuff doesn't really land on the game. It feels meaningless. It doesn't feel strong. Now, if I were in charge, I would build a seasonal mechanic around a seasonal skill tree, create lateral and contextual power, and then you can use modifiers in dungeons, helltides, and other activities, giving the seasonal power and the seasonal skill tree a place to land. That contextual power, let's say Malignant Hearts, helped with a modifier. Let's say there's a seasonal mechanic that helps with the modifier that's taking place in the game. That's how you create seasonal power without constantly squashing on the builds of your players. If anything, the future of Diablo is one that will likely undergo lots of changes. Maybe something like I just outlined could help. The real test will be if they can have another loot 2.0 moment. But hey, what do I know? In all my early criticisms and concerns about the games, I was told that I'm not a fan of ARPGs. I don't really get Diablo. Well, sadly, from where I sit, neither does Blizzard. Let me give you my thoughts and my conclusions. Alright, first, leading up to Season 1, I continued to say that I hoped I was proven wrong. Elements of the game are enjoyable, okay? I I like playing games like this. But the whole package just has not been delivered. It hasn't landed. Sadly, Season 1 did way more damage than I originally estimated. Casuals leaving the game is one thing, but hardcore and career players feeling like there isn't a point in playing until issues are fixed? That's a big problem. That's a serious issue. Number two, if anyone doubted the split identity of the game, it's becoming harder and harder to not see it. My best guess is that internally, there are two teams that formed organically over time. One approach to ongoing content utilized a lot of MMO philosophy, and another approach to ongoing content utilized a lot of the tried-and-true Diablo 3 seasonal ideas. And when you take these two philosophies and you put them in a blender, it makes for a very confusing and unpleasant cocktail. My conclusion is this. There are certainly games where they sort of, oops, I did it again, and then they find their way back to player praise. Diablo 4 is currently in a very low valley in my estimation, and the way out will not be quick. These types of problems take a while to course correct for two reasons. First, and most importantly, they're related to foundational problems in the game. You can't just uproot unidimensional class building. You can't just change that. There are elements to this game that are so baked deep into the crust, they will continue to be troublesome to the developers. The second reason that problems like this take a while to course correct from is every reactionary hotfix, every reactionary patch and adjustment is going to cause unforeseen problems down the road. So for now, Diablo 4 is likely in the worst state that it could be in. But that leaves a silver lining. You can only go up from here. And that 
is the show open welcome back to me welcome back welcome back to you i am back in town and there were so many things to talk about i had to choose the one that felt like it was the most important to lead with there are other topics that i will end up commentating on we will be playing remnant 2 today i'll be giving you some gunslinger gameplay but there's also issues with sony and call of duty and xbox game pass and the series s and retro call of duty is getting turned on don't worry we'll try to get to all those gaming news things that happened while i was on my beach trip with my family do me a favor if you haven't already man smash that like button let's get to 200 likes and we are at about 2200 members and i i anticipated that i said we're probably going to drop to about 2000 members while i'm gone so let's get the members started i think somebody already did while i was doing my show open yes detonator gifted Five members. Nerd Mother did 22 months at a VIP and DK Baker with a membership taking us to six already on the day. Let's get that up on the board for you. There we go. We got the coffee in the stream as well. Now you guys can order. Congratulations. Casual Grinder getting his badge back. Thank you guys so much. You got work to do. I'll, I should have some... Um, Oh yeah, I gotta turn off the Nightbot timer. Hang on. Let me disable that. Uh, Lona will be out of town. Uh, Yeah, okay. It's disabled. That timer will stop now. Thank you for that reminder. Uh, Yeah, we'll be back to our regular scheduled programs now. Morning show every day. Usually an upload and a member stream, but today we'll be going directly into Remnant 2 gameplay. Ant gifts a membership and takes us to seven uh if you've been looking for gameplay and commentary on that and then joker gifts another membership as well taking us to eight i did play enough last night to kind of get out into the world and understand some of the sequences legend gets a 14 month milestone in the vip and henry heck gifts a member and takes us all the way to nine just that fast thank you guys so much we got a big road ahead of us yes the beard is back i am back i hope you guys had an okay week trying to find other folks to watch while i was gone Yo, good to see you in the chat feed. Aaron Claypool rounds us out to 10 members just like that. Thank you so much, Aaron Claypool, for gifting a membership as well. Um, so for me, this issue, the beach trip was amazing. It was absolutely phenomenal. We were literally on the beach. The last year, the last time we did a beach trip in 2019, we had to like walk all the way down to like an entrance and then through all the sand it was literally walk out pool open the gate boom on the beach it was just wonderful the kids had a blast everyone had a blast victor mayhem with 27 months and it's a vip uploads were great last week but nothing can replace the morning live shows glad you got to spend some time off with the family thank you so much victor 18 months from mick d09 hope you had a good vacation with your family thank you so much did i thank the person who did the first five it was it was detonator thank you detonator for starting the day uh with the five gifted members metanoia just jumped back in as a member welcome back metanoia i had a very productive week good hopefully you got enough to last the year zubair uh let's see here oh my goodness hilly put a book in the discord he says by their own admission they haven't designed any of the content for leaderboards leaderboards at launch and now it's coming season three yeah if you guys missed that during the diablo 4 campfire stream they said that diablo 4 ladders will be coming in season three not even next season so one of the primary reasons that everybody keeps barking about the need to reset your character that's not even coming until the third 
season we're not really sure why we're, we're not really sure what the issue is uh guys make sure you're smashing that like button we have almost 200 likes you guys are the absolute best nice strong start on my first day back we were supposed to start streaming yesterday we got back way later on sunday than i anticipated so there was just no way uh hilly says the rng aspects of the procedural generation is powerful and useful for early leveling grind but anything on a leaderboard needs to be handcrafted or you get rng they didn't exactly explain the nerf patch outside of saying it wouldn't happen again right that was an that was an element of the stream that i found to be confusing like we're never gonna do a patch like this again but then they said anytime in the future that there's nerfs they'll have a compelling alternative and it's like oh wait so hold on a second terminal stupidity with the first big member bomb of the day a 10 bomb takes us all the way to 20 thank you so much terminal stupidity we're gonna need some big boys to come in here and flex to get us back up to the 4000s where we were at the very least let's set our sights on 3000s i will have a member goal for you guys this week hit 3000 hey come up with something what do you want what do you want me to do if we hit 3000 it just let's not involve hair or beard okay let's come up with something else so the fact that they said oh we're never going to do this again but then they said oh yeah future nurse will always be accompanied with you know alternatives and it's like okay so you are going to do patches like this in the future you're just going to buff stuff too I don't think there's a way around this. It's the, the, the unidimensional nature of the builds in this game. Cardock, Ren, and Ryan both slamming home five gifted member bombs. It's a five gifted train slamming us all the way to 30. Guys, jump on the train. Gift five quick. Just keep that thing rolling. Don't even let people in chat talk. Solemn says, what percentage of the actual player base gives a crap about rewardless leaderboard? 1% maybe? But Solemn, that's one of the primary drivers of the seasonal grind, according to the people who ardently defend the seasonal grind. We've constantly been told that, that that's the reason for it. That's that's why that they do it. Let me turn the coffee alert on just in case anybody does it. And DK Baker bumps the line by one. Thank you so much, DK Baker. They're having trouble adding stash slots since every single person on the server stash gets individually loaded and causes memory issues. Insane they coded it that way. What's more insane, Kylo Green, is that they had the exact same problem in Diablo 3 and they chose not to fix it. Right? They, they chose not to fix it. They just kind of left it in there. But the, the thing to remember is, is that they're saying we're never going to do a patch like this again, but in the same stream, they confirm that they will be doing patches like this again. The difference will be that, oh, we'll, we'll buff some stuff. Rob V is going to get five members and take us all the way to 36. Thank you so much, Rob V. The explanation was these specific things in this patch. XP gain, vulnerability damage were tuned way higher than they wanted ever. Another example, it was not ready to launch. Cardock Ren with 30 months and it's a VIP. Thanks for all the great content. Thanks for all the generosity, Cardock Ren. Diaz says, I'm pretty sure the reason they're waiting till season 3 is because that's when it's going to bring in the new content that's going to be focused on leaderboards. Nightmare Dungeons aren't it. They said that during the stream. I didn't want to focus on that because that's like super far down the line. They said there's a new piece of endgame content coming that'll sort of be like beyond Nightmare Dungeons. There'll be a new thing for you to do. 
It's an irrelevant function in the game, in my opinion, and needless for seasons. Well, I mean, you can have, you can certainly have that opinion, Solemn, but from where I sit, what they did was, is they took the ladder races from Diablo 2 and the ladder resets, and they baked that into Diablo 3 seasons, and I believe that people liked it. Because it was sort of an import of something familiar, something that they were accustomed to, something that they had done in the previous game. So, that's why... It's continuing. Hilly continuing with his commentary here in the Discord. He says, how are they unable to math out the builds is crazy. With the seasonal uh, uh, malignant hearts coming and triggering auto extra spell casts on top of unbalanced builds, that would have been a disaster. Power would be in the trillions. However, it would have been fun. What's better, a fun disaster or a slow and a boring one? They were miles out of expected range on the Nightmare Dungeons and they hotfixed it straight after the patch. Who hotfixes a patch the same day by design? Blizzard is full-on amateur mode at the moment. Well, and that was something that I was trying to draw attention to in the show open, Hilly. It's like, this type of reactionary development, this type of reactionary patching and hotfixing, it will create unforeseen problems. What's a ladder race? It's basically a race to max levels you bear. You know, who can get to max level the fastest? It tracks your time in the game. Let's say you get to max level and it takes you a week. I believe that the way that they do it, correct me if I'm wrong here, it's time to 100, is it not? So even if you get there before me, can I not pass you later by being more efficient and faster? I figure out a way to get to level 100 faster than you. I'm fairly certain there's there's way there's ways to, to still climb the ladder even later in the season. People in chat will have to correct me if I'm wrong on that. But I believe that's the way it was explained to me in a previous stream about the ladder races. The thing that I was trying to drive home though was I I I don't I don't feel like they even know the game that they want to build. The split identity of the game just continues to seem more evident to me. What what kind of game are you trying to build, right? Lono, kind of off topic but slightly related. Do you think game companies should be worried about dark UX patterns being that Amazon and other subscription-based services are under the eye of federal regulators? I mean, yeah, if they're going to do stuff like they tried to do, you can't do that in your game. Gwendolyn's going to gift a membership and take us all the way to 37. We're going to need some big boys to show up today. Set that layup and get it to 40 and let somebody slam it home to 50. The blizzard we grew up with is long dead. I feared for this game... Uh, the moment I saw Rod Ferguson was involved, uh, I read an article yesterday, says Bert, do you think that they will show Red Dead Redemption remake or remaster? I, I have no idea, homie. That I, That's not today's discussion. Uh, what's the value in getting the max level early? Well, there's it's not a value. It's, it's something that people enjoy doing. They like the idea of maxing out faster or more efficiently, figuring out the best ways to get there. I, I don't necessarily think it appeals to everyone. One of the reasons the seasonal format appeals to people is because you get that early game dopamine hit. The early game of any RPG, there's always something really enjoyable about it. Online MVP comes back in with a red badge and a VIP gold. Thank you so much, sir. Welcome on in. It's Those early stages are always so fun. So when they brought, as an example, so No Man's Sky added expeditions, which in many ways are a carbon copy of Diablo 3 Seasons, okay? 
you have a chapter thing challenges that you're doing there's like five difference and there's things along the way that you get tj rage is gonna bump the line with a gifted member thank you so much tj rage so uh 20 online mvp dropping the bomb on stream this guy he is one of the monsters and he drops his vip gold and then he drops a 20 gifted member bomb on the chat thank you so much online mvp you guys make this thing possible every single day with your gifted members don't sit around and wait for a gifted member we do members content every single day you're not going to want to miss friday night madam and i'll be hanging out having some drinks and laughs, and we're going to play Viewfinder, that really, really cool new game, puzzle game. We usually end the night with a game instead of starting the night with a game, so you can kind of have like a talk show with me and my wife on Friday nights, as well as every day of the week where I kind of debrief with members. Um, as, as far as the... What were we just talking about? Quickly important, you can start a real build. Oh, oh, the race, the seasonal content. So when they brought Expeditions to No Man's Sky... It was, it it was it it tickled your fancy. If you'd been playing No Man's Sky for a really long time, it was enjoyable to suddenly have a reason to go through the early game grind of No Man's Sky, building your ship, repairing your ship, you know, getting your warp drive going, all of those little things that you don't really do anymore. So the seasonal content in Diablo does that. I don't think it should have shown up this early. I think you have to let people sort of ease their way uh, ease their way into it, right? Had to go watch the A6. Yeah, I didn't want to kick off my return with that, Patrick Q. We may end up watching that and reacting in another video or something. Hilly says, I feel the biggest issue, quote, they have serious issues affecting combat now. Visual indicators are not prioritized correctly, meaning people get cheap deaths and often have no idea how it happened, including off-screen damage and one-hit mobs as resistant damage resistance damage is broken. The only real way to increase survivability is the, uh, is the overall armor value. So they turned all the systems into not really mattering if your armor is too low. Like, build crafting around that sucks. They made it this number value and you're good here. Um... I can hear you, Lono. Now is good. I can hear you, Lono. Now is good. What? I didn't do any. I didn't make any changes. What are you talking about? Sorry, Lono. I oh, I can hear you now. Now is good. D4 made a great first impression when everyone was chewing through the campaign and co-oping with friends. Lord Bacon the Destroyer comes in and sets us up with five more gifted members and takes us to 63. Thank you, sir. Right, Hilly. This is something that I talked about near the end of my monologue. I said, issues like this are not quickly rectified. Okay? There is two reasons. First reason. There are fundamental problems with this game. There are things baked into the crust that will not go away quickly. Patrick Q comes in and bumps the line as well. He's like, hey, I'm back from watching another video. Happy to be here and bumps it to 64. So there are, there are deep-seated problems. What's good, Soldier on Music? How are you? That you will not see quickly rectified. Soldier says, I played like 70 hours, wasn't able to reach level 100 prior to the season. I'm at like 35 now. 70 plus hours as a casual is not a good feeling. That's related to the split identity of the game. There are things in the game that are incredibly slow, but then they're talking about like, oh, we don't want things to be slow. We don't want to slow the player down. Your game is literally designed to be slow. 
but then the ongoing mechanism of the game is seasonal ARPG. That doesn't really jive with really low drop rates, really slow content loops, slogs, grinds. Like That doesn't jive with seasonal ARPG. Seasonal ARPG is supposed to be boom, pow, smack, like level quickly, cracking them down. Like, oh, I got this new ability. I got this new thing. That's the way a season's supposed to feel. They've built fundamental ground level things into the game that make that very, very difficult, right? It, it makes it very, very difficult because you're essentially dealing with a game that is in conflict with each with itself, so that's the first reason this stuff won't be rectified very quickly. It just won't. You, you, you've got foundational problems that, that, are, that are baked into the game. Now, I tried to tell people this when the game first came out. What they were already reacting to broken builds and balancing issues right when the game first came out. And do you remember what I said? I said, these are so pedestrian they're so rudimentary people figured these builds out so fast hey somebody ordered some coffee I, I don't know if the alert is working for sound but it popped up thank you whoever ordered some coffee and I said I said if these rudimentary issues were, were discovered so quickly right so fast what has not been discovered yet what will come later on there will likely be worse issues later on and here we sit way worse issues way crazier builds have unearthed yeah we have an order here of coffee uh it's eugene thank you so much eugene for ordering some coffee and immortal turtle with 18 months of membership and it's a vip welcome back lono tell all these suckers what they don't want to hear about their favorite game This has the reverse feeling I had in TTK. The game is making me a casual while TTK made me a hardcore player. Right. I remember that Soldier on Music. Was that your line where it said, what was it? The the Destiny 1 made people into hardcore players and Destiny 2 was like making people into casuals. And then... And then we had those moments where things sort of turned and people started playing and, you know... I believe that mantra, that idea of you have to build catalysts and bridge bridges between the casuals and the hardcores. And right now, I, I don't think there's any bridge. You 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 have to give this game your life, or you or you won't get anywhere. It was you. Welcome back, Soldier on Music, renewing that membership and getting a gold badge. Guys, if you haven't done so already, we're about 45 minutes into the stream. Smash that like button. Get us to 300 likes. There's plenty of people here. Consider gifting some members or jumping in as a member yourself. It helps us do this every single day. I don't run ads during the stream. You will only see ads on these streams when you watch it as a past broadcast. And we space those out by about 20 minutes. I want Seasonal and Eternal Realm to be slow as F, says Adam. I want it to be... I want it like D2 to get to level 99 hard. I want drops to be a lot less and more nerfs throughout. I feel like I'm the opposite here. Yeah, I don't feel like you're in step with the player base at all, Adam. I don't feel like the average player, hardcore or casual, would agree with what you're saying. Even the hardcore players don't want leveling to be a slog. Leveling isn't content. It isn't. Leveling is not content. I've screamed this for years. When you make leveling 
and slow leveling at that, if you make that fundamental to your content loop, you will lose people because it's boring. It's not rewarding to see a little number go up every once in a while. It just, it, why? That's, that isn't content. Leveling is a passive and endemic reality to RPGs. That when leveling happens, it's satisfying because it's just sort of happening on its own. Leveling isn't content. Now there's a meme I've not heard in a long time. That's right. Oh, that coffee's good today. Whew. I made it made it real good. That man is either trolling or a psychopath. In the Campfire Emergency show, they said, quote, we will increase monster density in Helltides because that's fun. It's not fun when you can't see your character because their visually pr- their visual priority is wrong, says Hilly. How can you mitigate a mechanic that you can't see? They're fixing crap in the wrong order. And they haven't mapped out the effects. My man, Wheezy, coming in with a VIP. I said after the beta, the game has a crisis of identity, and I see no way that the game will retain a base. It will have a fun campaign, but a terrible endgame, and they have shown they learned nothing. Wheezy was one of the people along with me in those early stages that was essentially saying, well, who's this game made for? Right? Do you guys remember my stream? Diablo 4 made for no one? Do you remember that stream? I said, this isn't made for anybody. Who's, Who's this game made for? Remember, I walked through what's a casual going to think, what's a new player going to think, what's a hardcore player going to think. And we basically concluded that like none of the systems made sense for virtually any of the player types who would dive into Diablo. Like, e- even the hardcore players were like, I don't understand, what, what, why is this this way? Why is this that way? Why'd you build it in this way? It, right? I'm in the right place for D4 bashing. This isn't even D4 bashing. This is almost like, listen, this is worse than I predicted. My prediction was that career players would love it and that, you know, hard and then the, and then the casuals would just vacate. They swung for the fences. They're like nobody's going to like our effing game. <laughs> no no one's going to like our game. <laughs> Not the casuals, not the hardcores, not the career Diablo players. Yeah, nobody. You like Path of Exile? You're going to hate our game. Eugene with 22 months and a VIP plus. Blizzard stands are still defending the premium Battle Pass UIBS. Who's defending that? I can't see anybody defending that UI thing that, that we saw. That That is 100% like designed for people to click on it by accident. You got to be kidding me. How many, how many people, how many people have done it and they don't even realize that they've done it? A, a, a homie in the clip, Rurikon, he almost didn't even realize that it happened. And then the game crashed, right? Imagine doing it and being like, ah, did I do anything? And then the game crashes. And you completely forget that you might have bought a battle pass because the game crashed. Alapark... Alapark with 11 months in a VIP. Welcome glad, uh, welcome back. Glad you had a good holiday. Thank you so much, Alapark. And Alex, I was waiting for the season to finish the campaign. Oh, well, Baldur's Gate drops in a week. I'll go there for my RPG fix. And Zubair with 29 months in a VIP gold says, I blame Sony. This is surely somehow Sony's fault. Plenty were defending it. 
I can't imagine defending that UI thing. You you got to be brain dead to defend that. It was clearly, clearly designed to make people buy the battle pass by mistake. I knew from day one it wasn't going to be hardcore ARPG players. I didn't realize it wasn't going to be for even casual ARPG players. I mean, I said from very early on, Wheeze, that it didn't make any sense to me the way they were setting things up. It felt very much divided. It just it didn't it didn't feel like a harmonious game. What lane am I supposed to get in? What, what lane? What what lane? How am I supposed to engage with this game? I'm a UX designer, says G Grows. Dark patterns are real and purposely baked in to trick the dumb users. Right. There's no way. It's so hard for me to believe it was an accident. It's really hard to believe it was an accident. Do you want to know why? Because I was convinced that they were going to struggle with battle pass conversion because so many people were going to say, well, if I can't do that without starting over, I don't want to do it. Let me ask you a question. Can can you right now boot up an Eternal Realm character and accidentally buy the battle pass? Is that possible? Can you literally buy it without even being on a seasonal character? Is that possible? I've not tested it. I uninstalled the game. I had to make space for Remnant 2. Alexander Smith with 11 months. For all the disappointed Diablo 4 fans, there's Remnant 2. So much discovery, volition, and fun. Thank you. DK Beggar setting up the layup at 65 out of 75. A 10 bomb could bring us home. Thank you so much, DK Beggar. Picked up Remnant 2. Yeah, we'll be playing that today. Riker Rukan, I'm sorry, but this is part of manufactured outcrying over a pass that 90-90% of the people would have been using Season 1 anyway. It's not you buying something that you already didn't own. The terms also say Season 1. Rukan says, when, when you go to the Season tab, the default selection is always activate premium pass. They knew exactly what they were doing. Oh, Paul was defending it. I mean, Rurikon's point was, I already paid for this. Yo, Alex comes in, slams it home. That's We haven't had one of those in a while. Somebody always messes it up and, and just does one. So DK Beggar bumps it to 65, and Alex slams it home 75 with a 10 bomb. Thank you so much, Alex. Yeah, we'll be playing Remnant 2. That'll be our second stream today. It's actually quite good. I'm enjoying it. There are I, I'll, I'll voice my, my gripes in a moment when we're in the game. And, well, that'll be in an hour or more. Eyes in the Filthy Casual with 22 months. I'm not sure what the game is trying to be. This is the last time I interact with a battle pass in season. I don't see the point of starting over. Has anyone managed to... From active player IO? Oh my goodness. What's the red line? Monthly gain loss. Average monthly players. Average daily players monthly gain loss I'm confused it looks like it's not dropped that much I uninstalled the game made me curious okay did anybody answer my question can you buy the premium battle pass when you're on an eternal realm character right imagine if Lono's gift 25 members button was right next to the like button and he kept saying hit the like button yeah guys hit the like button 
and also gift 20 members. Gift the like button. We do need 50 more likes. There's over 600 people here. Y'all are slacking on the likes. Take a second to hit that like button. DK Beggar is going to be the agent of chaos. He bumps us to 76, so that rolls us over to the next goal of 100. Thank you so much, DK Beggar. Their excuse for the stash, the tash, the stash tab limitations nonsensical. It's not lo- nonsensical though. It isn't. It w- the, the problem existed in Diablo three. It's not a new problem. MVX says no, you cannot buy it in Eternal. I think. I need confirmation. I can't boot up the game right now. The red line is a retroactive number, so it won't be reflective until the month is over. Okay. Yeah, that chart's hard to read. The data also isn't very old. Yeah, I mean, Asmongold, you know, and, and many of the other folks are weighing in, and, I mean, they're obviously being harsh. Terrible coding, PoE is infinite uh, inventory. Yeah, it should have been fixed from Diablo 3 to Diablo 4. Problem is that we have no way of knowing how much the accurate player base of Diablo 4 is. Yeah, there is no way, there is no way to accurately track it, Right? You, you you can't. We cannot see how much the player base uh, has fallen in Diablo 4. Because Diablo 4 gameplay, th- there's not even a way when you're in the game to like see you know server numbers, player numbers, none of that. You can't. It's not. It's not even in the game. That's why it's still a problem in D4. Did you explain, or you just said, "Oh, there." Oh, okay. You said that it was it was a nonsensical excuse. Is someone who actually bought the battle pass by mistake? Surely you buy it with the uh, and with the coin, not real money. It doesn't just delete money from your bank. What do you mean? So okay, so Rurikon, the guy that did it by mistake, the guy that did it by mistake, had already paid for the battle pass with like the ultimate edition or whatever. He was saving it. He was going to use it on on another on like another season. He didn't like season one's battle pass, okay? Now, Riker commented and said, this is dark pattern. You can't do this. this. There needs to be some sort of a confirmation that pops up, okay? It's a sad day. Do I get a gifted? Just keep hanging out, man. The gifteds are flowing. You might get one. Um, They responded to it. They're literally saying that they're going to make it not default to purchase, and they're also gonna do that's just the first thing they're gonna do so they're acknowledging that it shouldn't be designed that way so if you want to call it fake outrage well i mean they're responding javier Cotto gives a member and takes us to that beautiful 77 and it goes to rainbow congrats rainbow I'm having fun discovering abilities with the rogue in season one. I have a barb and a necro in the eternal realm. If I played with every class prior to season one, there's no way I'd stick around. You'll have to make a new character for every season you want to take part in. Yeah, every season, yes. Okay, just checked now. You cannot open the seasonal journey on your eternal character. Okay, okay, so it's not possible. Alex comes in again with a 10 bomb and takes us to 87 members on the day. Thank you so much, Alex. There it is. R, the AI whiz, gets a gifted, and so does Duncan. Look at all those names. I recognize all those names. Divine the Gods, Skatenator, Ravenous Poro. I love seeing names I recognize get gifted members. Make sure you guys are synced up and in 
the Discord. 650 people hanging out. And we, we're, are we going to end up with more likes? More members than likes? It's a race. Okay, it's a race. We don't even have 300 likes yet. Try to beat the like count with the member count. I bet you guys could do it. I bet you, because because we're we're sleeping. We're sleeping on likes. We have we're gonna have more more gifteds than likes. Uh, Parasita says there's no way that they're acknowledging that with a liability that comes with default spending behaviors. It's just a convenient cover up, says Parasito. Thank you in advance, says Bert. Downloading Path of Exile and a couple of COD games, Modern Warfare and Black Ops, and a silly, uh, but I did purchase Lego Pirates. There you go. Uh, at least Diablo 2 Seasons has a ladder that makes you want to come and play again. Likes are still free, right? They are. They are free, Zuby. <laughs> here's the thing. Here, here's the thing about the ladders, though, Abraham. It's probably uh, Abram, right? Maybe? No, your last name could be Italian. It's hard to know. Abraham Avila. It could be Abram. Uh, Duncan with 11 months. Holy crap, 11 months is insane to me. I've been busy this last month, so I haven't been here, but glad to be here again. Love you, Lono. Thank you so much, Duncan. Yeah, the the issue with ladders is they acknowledged in the stream that ladders aren't even going to show up until season three, which, what, huh? I, I, and somebody theorized, well, that's when the new activity is coming. There's a new activity beyond Nightmare Dungeons that's coming. Wish I could stay for the rest. Gotta head out. I'll leave a comment later. Have a good one. All right, Diaz. It, th- there were people in their live stream asking questions. And one of the questions was literally, when's the patch coming? Because I can't even play with my sorcerer right now. Like, there are people who feel as though they can't even play the game, right? I've got a blue membership. What does that mean? Uh, that just means you are on your second month of membership. I'll pay for Zubair's like. Alex with a $5 super chat. Thank you so much. I'll smash a heart on that super chat. They have no content for leaderboards. <laughs> this is silly. I don't know if it's they don't have any content for leaderboards. Big uh, love. Welcome back, brother. Thank you so much for 14 months. Taylor made 13 months from E-Man did it. It's a VIP plus. Good to have you back. Hope you had a wonderful vacation. Thank you so, so much. Guys, the, the, the viewership number is kind of all over the place. Hopefully that's purely a back-end situation. Nobody's complaining about buffering or refreshing, so I'm really hoping it's purely cosmetic issue. I don't like when you guys are having to uh, refresh. I'm so sad YouTube bugged and removed my membership. Did it remove it or did it expire after 30 days? Why didn't they revert the patch? Well, as far as I can tell, Gail, the the patch was too far reaching to just revert. There were things that they did because of the new season, so they couldn't just walk it back. It would have likely affected all the new seasonal mechanics. Yo, it's good, Christopher Wright. Resistance is not working yet is beyond belief to me. I asked earlier about purchasing Diablo 4. I guess I got my answer. Thank you. No problem. Um, jumping on the hate train? What What am I jumping on the hate train? I, did you watch the opening monologue, Ben? Did you? Would you say the game is getting better or getting worse? How would you currently describe the state of Diablo 4? Accurately, truthfully. Just... Just describe it from a qualitative assessment of player base reception. The devs just did an emergency stream admitting the patch made things unfun, admitting that things are bad. 
So what's what's hateful about what I'm doing right now? What's hateful about the content? Relaying what had happened, it confirms so much of what I said about the game. The, I, I, for, for months, I had people ridiculing me and telling me, you don't understand Diablo, you don't understand ARPGs, and I continue to try to say, that that has no bearing on my assessment of the game. It, it, number one, I played Diablo one, two, and three a bunch, but none of that was fair pushback. And then when the game finally drops some new content, it all gets destroyed. The, the whole game gets turned upside down. Table JFK with a gifted member. Thank you so much, bumping us to eighty-eight members on the day table jfk does another one 89 i think he's trying to walk it to 90 so somebody can slam dunk the 100 i'm having fun incoming right yo i'm having fun incoming guaranteed uh somebody said tz tz moto i was so hyped for diablo 4 but once i found out the actual time sync i uninstalled married and kids just don't have time for the time sinks table jfk sets it up 90 out of 100 setting somebody up for a 10 bomb slam home he knows how to he knows how to tee it up he's a good man there table jfk oh po buddy's nerfix says no no i'm gonna mess it up there's always somebody <laughs> of course it would be somebody with the username po buddy's nerfix that's perfect <laughs> where are all the colors when it comes to gifting the color of the badge just indicates how long they've had a badge homie it just changes color Go click the join button and it'll show you. I don't have the colors memorized. Yeah, premature agent of chaos. That's right. The campaign was awesome, but season one is rough. We cannot add more stash tabs because players are loaded with their stash tabs relative to others, causing a memory issue. Uh, What is this kindergarten rookie mistake? I was in Diablo 3. Apparently they couldn't figure out how to fix it. Poe Buddy's Nervic says, it's what I do. <laughs> That's right. Um, the game is doing super well. I heard that in my dreams. Welcome back, Lono. Thank you. A 10 spot from Roger. Welcome back, Lono. So happy to have your awesome live show again. Thank you for the $10 super chat. Roger, appreciate that. Guys, thank you for 300 likes on the stream as well. You guys did it. You rolled it over. You're the best. We got We got a lot of things to cover this week. Don't worry. Diablo 4 will not be the only spicy show this week. I've got Xbox Game Pass in my sights. I have a Sony Call of Duty contract in my sights. I have the Series S in my sights. I have PS5 Pro in my sights. There's a lot going on, and you'll have to wait to find out what I think about all of it for those shows this coming week. Diablo 4 has been removed from Metacritic? No, it has not. Has it really? Or did they do that because, yeah, the the, uh, the new Armored Core stuff, yeah, I haven't seen it yet. Wasn't the purpose of gifting meant to be so when it runs out, the person pays to upgrade? But what ends up happening is someone else just gives you another membership? Well, what I've been encouraging people to do are the AI Wiz is if you have a gifted membership, upgrade to Member Plus. It's $1 more. You can literally spend a dollar to upgrade to Member Plus. It's six bucks a month. That will take you out of the gifted member pool. So then you'll just be taking care of your own membership going forward. We don't... I've not said that as often as I probably should. But really, a lot of you that continue to get gifted, if you can afford to pick up your own membership, 
consider upgrading to member plus it's a buck more and then it just takes you out of that pool yeah Diablo is still on Metacritic it's got an 86 and then a 2.2 from the user base so it's still there I don't know why you're saying it got removed from Metacritic I'm having fun says Jaggy it could do with some balancing my issue is lag and the servers anybody know if I can get from iPhone you should be able to get from iPhone yes it's it adds it's a little bit more expensive so I always encourage people to gift from a desktop if you can't get to a desktop feel free to gift from mobile but yeah 2.2 yeah it's got 2.2 from the user base what happened was I joined before your vacation and I merged my YouTube account and YouTube removed my membership which is unfortunate oh that's kind of lame that they did that well maybe you'll snag a gifted today Actually, what Diablo 4 did to me is it made me play Diablo 1 and Sacred, and ultimately after that I ended up playing uh, Shogun Trilogy. I don't even, yeah, I don't, I'm not even sure what that is. Is that a Smashing Pumpkin shirt? It is a Smashing Pumpkin shirt. This comes from 80s Tees. You can always use the shirt command. Make sure and use code LONO at 80stees.com. Lately, I've been wearing shirts from Ripped Apparel, but this is an 80s tease. We work with 80s tees, we work with Into the AM, and we work with Ripped Apparel. Diablo 4 has a huge identity issue, says Hadigan. It's not for casuals, and it's not for hardcore ARPG fans. It doesn't know who it's targeting. Detonator with 22 months says, time for the monthly VIP flex. Thank you, sir. You were also the first person to gift today during the show open. It doesn't come up in any search on meta. It's possible that Metacritic might be hiding it in the search results because of because of the downvoting that's happening. Yeah, he's right. Oh, you have to type IV. What? Yeah, it the the, the, the I can only find the PC version, and you have to type IV. They've de- they're definitely seemingly hiding it maybe you don't know how to google it does seem a little weird Eugene that you go and you type Diablo and it shows Diablo 3 you type Diablo 4 and Diablo 4 is nowhere to be found you gotta type the Roman numerals that feels a little strange yo Abe coming in with 28 months and a VIP gold he says the real VIP flex (laughs) you guys are gonna start one one of yourselves here uh, the live stream just finished. Uh, you're hearing the Diablo 4 stream commenting. What did they say? Did you not see the 12 minute AC footage drop? This guy is so behind the times. No, I'm not behind the times. You're behind the times. This is what I do. I wrote the monologue last night, had the show planned out, and I'll be commenting on the uh, Armored Core stuff if I want to. You know? Funny enough, I've never seen you before in my chat, so this might be your first day. It's not a fuzzy search on Metacritic. Google allows for Diablo 4. Right, but that's what I'm saying. If you're on the actual Metacritic site, like site, it looks like Diablo 4 is not there. Who's searching for Diablo IV? Everybody searches for Diablo 4, the num- like the literal number. You can buy Battle Pass on Eternal, but you must play a seasoned character to progress the, bath, the pass. Wait, wait, wait. So... So you, somebody said you couldn't buy the battle pass on an eternal character. You're telling me that you can? 
I, it wouldn't even make any sense for the seasonal journey to be there. You're on an Eternal Realm character. Cosmetics you unlock in the seasonal character do transfer to Eternal. We, yeah, we knew that. That 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 was. That's not even. That's not a consolation to people that don't want to start a new character. The issue with not wanting to start a new character is the fact that the time investment into the character it feels like you're starting all the way over. Like even when you're not even done yet. Like I I kind of said that in the show open. The idea being that you have people that are upset right now because of all the time they spent on their character and that character's build got nerfed. Okay? But they don't like when all their work gets sort of undone, which is literally the same criticism that people have for not being able to use an Eternal Realm character to grind a battle pass or seasonal challenges. It's the same complaint. It's like, you don't like all your investment thrown away, do you? Yeah, well, now you understand the casuals that don't want to start over every season. Maybe maybe that's a way for you to empathize and understand what you know what they're feeling and why they won't do it. AC Mirage, why are y'all saying AC6? Armored Core 6. Armored Core 6, yeah, yeah, yeah. We've covered Armored Core periodically here. It's not really a main stage game for us, but, you know... It certainly, uh, it certainly is worth covering when something happens. I didn't want to boot up this morning and just watch somebody else's video and gameplay and and have that be the stream. I'd been on vacation my first day back. I wanted to do a talk show, not a not a ride along watch. You know what I mean? It's removed from the autocomplete list. Yeah, you like literally have to type it all the way out. That's right. The battle pass is for the seasonal realm and it's not for the eternal realm because you get specific item, which is free, of course, to use in the new season. Yeah, but you just don't need that. Like, you can have the battle pass and you can have the... You can have the battle pass and the seasonal journey in the eternal realm. You just wouldn't need any of that stuff. That's exactly why I'm done with Diablo 4. After realizing I'm going to have to start over in Season 2, that's not a good replay value, says Mr. Karate. You know, but I really cringe at the 88 metascore given by the critics. This guy says, So a new player to Diablo, can someone confirm this? So I can still play my main character still when the season drops. I just won't be able to access the seasonal stuff, correct? Rod Ferguson, correct. You're able to keep playing in the Eternal Realm just like you are today if you don't want to participate in seasonal activities. And when a season ends, your seasonal character will move to the Eternal Realm so you can keep playing there if you want. Yeah, that's 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 not new information. We've known that for a while. That's just how it's set up. Yo, what's good, we the people? Missed having you in my ear. Good to see you. <clears throat> there's definitely something strange going on with Metacritic the PS5 one's not showing up in any search user score is a 1.8 there PC shows up with a, with a 2.2 correct you don't need it I mean the devs have iterated that it's purely cosmetic oh well then why the whole the, the, the reason that the, the reason that I'm uniquely frustrated by this is that I was really looking forward to playing this game with my wife. We, you know, we haven't had a good co-op game in a long time, in a bit of a gaming drought. I thought Remnant Two would work, bro. Remnant Two, even on easy, that's not like a casual couch co-op game. No, <laughs> that game is hard, even on easy. Um, 
Sea of Stars is the first game to launch day one on both Game Pass and PlayStation Plus game catalog subscription services. It releases August 29th. Really interesting, and I wonder if we'll see more games hitting day one on both. Smaller titles, maybe, not big titles. No way. I just linked the PS5 one. It's there. We're not saying it's gone, Eugene. It's not in search. You you can't, like, you can't, when you type Diablo 4, it doesn't show up in search. Like, uh, Metacritic. Okay. Hang on, that's the wrong cap card. Okay. So you go here, and you type Diablo. No Diablo 4. Diablo 4. Nothing. Diablo IV. Xbox One, PlayStation 4, and PC. Like, what? See all results. Okay. Just games. Where is it? You see? Xbox One, PS4, PC. It's not there. It look at look at the filter over here. Look at the filter. All PS4, PS3, Xbox One 360, PC. PS5 and the Xbox Series X aren't even listed over here. What did they do to this game at Metacritic? I'm telling you, they did this to slow down the downvoting. It's it's a response. They did it to slow down. There are people literally going there just to downvote it, and they probably did that. They probably did that to slow it down, so it's harder to get to it. All the dum-dums going there to downvote it are having a hard time finding it. That would be my guess. Yo, Ryan gifts a member and bumps a line to 92. Thank you so much, sir. I guess my fanboyism of Blizzard is wearing off, and I'm finally seeing reality. Meta is so trash. I don't know. I don't know why they let people downvote anymore as far as review bombing goes. Found my first butcher and got slaughtered. He's too fast. He's very fast. I posted that says barrier. It sounded like there was some confusion about Eternal Realm and Battle Pass. Oh, okay. I think Blizzard will reverse their seasonal rules when the game eventually makes its way to Steam, which my estimate would be Season 3 gives them a whole two seasons to make those changes. Welcome back. Thank you, Broken Lobo. You just click PC and then click PS5. Eugene, come on. Can can we admit that something weird is going on? How do you find the PS5 Metacritic score? It's real easy. You go to Metacritic, you search Diablo 4. Not Diablo 4, you have to search Diablo IV, okay? You're only going to see PC and Xbox One and PS4 say TBD. They don't even have scores. So what you're going to do is after you do that, you're going to click on PC. Then once you're on PC, then you click on PS5. It's simple. It's simple. Like four convoluted steps to get there. What's the problem? All usability tests that, you know, dictate how to get people to information quickly and efficiently. Every one of those rules is broken, but it's simple. That's, that's how you, that's how you get to it. (laughs) Come on. They're clearly doing something. They went in and did something. They're trying to make it hard to find. They're trying to make it hard to find because people were going and downvoting it. And Metacritic pushed a button somewhere. It said, oh, take it out of, of auto complete. 
you can't even do an advanced search for it on those platforms. It doesn't make any sense. Or just Google Diablo 4 Metacritic PS5. Right, but that again doesn't negate what we're saying. Like, we're saying Metacritic clearly did something. Your answers to the problem confirm the problem. (laughs) Your solutions to the problem are a confirmation that a problem exists. Metacritic did something. I don't don't know what. I don't know why, because you can still find the PC version. PC is tanking. Now try Cyberpunk. What, do they just have a bad search engine? Metacritic. All right. Cyberpunk. PC, PS4, Xbox One, PC, PS4 story. Wait, is their search engine literally just not showing the new consoles yet? Well, that Cyberpunk's a bad example because it didn't launch on those. Wow. Rem- Why is Remnant 2 not there? All right, all right, let's try this. Let's try this. Let's try... Jedi Survivor doesn't show up either. What are they doing? Look. Why are they... Their, their search engine is literal garbage. Okay, there's Ragnarok. I just misspelled it. God of War. Yeah, God of War is all there. Ghost of Tsushima is all there. Certain games. Jedi Fallen Order. Okay. Jedi Survivor. Nothing. Star Wars Jedi. Let's spell it. Colon. Yeah, it has nothing it has nothing to do with Diablo. I thought maybe they were trying to protect it from downvoting. It's literally a garbage search engine. Their search is literal trash. You can type the name of the game verbatim and you can't find the dadgum game. Star Wars Jedi colon Survivor. It doesn't it doesn't pop up. I thought they were trying to shield it from downvoting, which they've been trying to say they were going to do things to prevent review bombs. And I thought, well, maybe that's the first thing that they do is once they realize it's happening, they make it harder to find in search. No, their search is literal trash. It has nothing to do with it. The Diablo 4 is not being treated special by Metacritic. It's quite literally one of the worst search engines I think I've ever used. The most likely answer is they made accident they made accidentally made a sweeping change uh, trying to target one or two pages. Maybe it's certain games. It feels like games that are on multi-plat PS5, Xbox Series X and S are the ones that are that are acting wonky, like they're not categorized properly or something. If you go back far enough, then everything shows up. If you pick older games, it seems like everything's there. Jedi Fallen Order as an example. Jedi Fallen Order is there. Okay, well, why would Jedi Survivor not be there? I don't know. It's next-gen only. So, for whatever reason, their new categories, maybe for PS5 and Series X and S, are not properly indexed in the search. I am not an expert on search engines, but it does seem like it, it's, it's those platforms specifically that are just not showing up. 
Salty Gamer with 13 months and a VIP. I believe Diablo 4 is in a good spot. I will concede that the developers made mistakes by making numerous nerfs without offering anything in exchange, as they admitted on the Campfire broadcast. Thank you so much, Salty Gamer. I don't think the game is in a, in a good spot at all. I think the game foundationally doesn't know what it wants to be. It doesn't know the type of player that it's targeting. It doesn't know the type of content loop that it wants to have. Like, if you listen to the Campfire stream, and you just really listen carefully, they're not speaking in a holistic way. There isn't an all-encompassing vision for the game. They are speaking in a problem-oriented, reactionary way. If you listen carefully, people will tell you what's really going on. If you listen very carefully to that campfire stream, they confirm they are not in a proactive stance right now. They do not have a vision for the game and its content loop that they're trying to bring to fruition. They're in a reactionary stance where they're literally just trying to stop the bleeding. That is not a place to be. There are other games that have been here before. I sat in a room with developers and community managers from Anthem. And they had the same problem. They were speaking narrowly about specific slices of content. And it's like, zoom all the way out. What game are you trying to bring to the market? What is your vision? What game are you building? What's the content loop going to look like? They're they're talking in very narrow specific... Oh, we want Helltides to have more enemies so that you can really slam through them really quickly. Oh, okay, but that 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 that's not a a big zoomed out problem. That's a weird specific thing you're talking about. And there's already player feedback that it's very difficult to see what's going on on the screen. So, are you not going to be adding to that? Don't you see what I'm saying? They're not casting a vision. They're reacting. That's the worst place for a game to be. I've been covering games like this for a long time and when you don't come out with some proactive vision cast of this is the game we're building, this is where we're going here's how we're going to get there and instead it's all these reactions and quick hot fixes brother, the sweater's unraveling and they're still wearing it. That's what it felt like to me. Dean Salah with a $5 super chat you can buy the battle pass and still not earn enough platinum to buy a single item in the store yeah, you don't even get enough platinum from the battle pass to buy anything. It's like 666. They wanted to be really cute. Cheapest item in the store is like 800. Did you try Horizon Forbidden West and Elden Ring on that effed up Metacritic search? Uh, no. I mean, we just concluded that it just is bad. Right? Uh, Horizon... Yeah, you can't find Horizon Forbidden West. Oh, you have to get to F-O-R-B and then Forbidden West shows up. Super weird. D4 is a beta game, says Brown Excellence. The regression in the game is actually insane from the last patch. Increasing cost to open chests from 175 to 250 is crazy. You just need to look at last epoch. Elegant solutions for decade-old problems for ARPGs. Maybe they should look into other games and see what to do. Well, yesterday, Wheezy said similar things in the member stream. He said all they had to do was look at any other ARPG 
and they would have learned some of these lessons. They would have learned some of these solutions. All, all they had to do was was look at other ARPGs. That was his frustration. It's like you guys, you guys didn't learn anything from anybody else. Devs suffer from the same identity crisis and contradictions the game currently radiates. They nerfed the player base by 50% slowing down game progression and then say it wasn't their intention. That's what I said, Retro. That's what I said. They said, well, it wasn't our intention to slow everybody down. It's like, I don't understand. Then what was the point? And and Joe uh, Pipiora, however you say his name, Pipora, he basically says, well, there were items and things that were sort of getting out of hand. And that's why we did this. I'm paraphrasing. And I'm like, okay, now hang on a minute. That is not at all a design philosophy for a game like this. You can't say, oh, we found an item that's really bad. We found some items or some builds that are really bad. And you make sweeping nerfs. What? Why? Why? Why is that your, your philosophy? So wh- why wouldn't you address those specific builds or those specific items? Cuddle while you wear your hat. Oh, a Pikachu Squishmallow. <laughs> oh, is that the goal you want? I'm not wearing a Pikachu hat. They literally told their players stop having f- fun. Elden Ring came up fine. It doesn't seem to do well with titles using similar or same words. It almost has anthem vibes. There's a lack of cohesive vision at the heart of the philosophy. They essentially killed the eternal realm with the patch. You have to play the season to make your character viable. Now, yeah, I talked about that in the show open. So let me know what you guys think of this idea. So I basically said in the current system that they have with seasonal power and a seasonal mechanic, you have to leave headroom in the game. Because if not, then you're going to have all these broken builds during the season. So what I mean by headroom is this. Picture a chart, and at the very top of the chart, that's where my hand is, this is as strong as you can get in the game before things get broken, okay? You can't let players get here and then bring a season along that takes them past it. So you have to leave headroom. You have to lo- you have to arbitrarily keep players. You have to create like a secondary ceiling on the graph. It's like you can't get all the way up here. You have to get here. What does that mean? Well, that means the entire game has to be tuned to that new arbitrary ceiling. Well, if we don't let players get all the way up here, we have to leave headroom for our seasons. Well, then you got to tune this world tier, that world tier. You got to tune all the world tiers down. Now you got to tune the activities down. Now you got to tune the enemies down. That's why people are getting one shot. That's why people are getting like murdered without like in the blink of an eye. Like what what even happened? They, They can't even tell what happened. Why? Because they had to bring you down to create headroom for the season. I said this before the season started, when they started talking about these malignant hearts, I was like, you're going to have to create headroom for that. If you don't have any headroom for that, you're going to have a massive, massive, because people kept telling me, well, the reason you can't play the seasonal content in the eternal realm is power creep. That's not at all possible because the seasonal content comes and goes. It doesn't stick around. 
So there can't be power creep. The malignant hearts go away. So, my solution in the show open, I said, what I would do if I was in charge, I would create the seasonal mechanic, the malignant hearts, the seasonal power, the seasonal stuff, and I would create a seasonal skill tree. You invest in that skill tree. You get these new abilities. You get these new powers. Those new abilities and those new powers are there to mitigate and land on modifiers in all of the content that only shows up for that season. Right? So we'll just call it malignancy. So when you go into Helltides, Nightmare Dungeons, Open World, World Bosses, wherever you're going, there are malignancy modifiers that you are able to mitigate and meet with this lateral power that you now have. You have this new skill tree. You have malignant hearts. You have this contextual power to go in and meet, mitigate, and answer the malignancy that they've put into the game. That's how I would do it. Because when you do that, that drifts off into the sunset and it goes away and no one feels like their build was damaged. Why? You don't need it anymore. You don't need malignancy. The malignancy season is over. The malignancy seasonal mechanic, the malignancy modifier, it's all gone. It's gone now. You don't need any of that stuff. So you won't miss it when it's gone. That's called contextual power. It's a lateral power grab that doesn't affect your build. You don't have to leave Headroom anymore. How how do you not innovate on something like this? Like, this is your game. Like, I don't understand what... what... (laughs) You could also use set bonuses. Yeah, use set bonuses. If you get all of the malignancy armor, you get malignancy set bonuses, and you you can... up the difficulty and up the world tier so those malignancy modifiers are no problem. That's called contextual power. That's the key. I'm telling you, I used to talk about this all the freaking time with Destiny. That is the key to ongoing seasonal elasticity. You make your game elastic and moldable without dealing with power creep. You don't invalidate people's builds. You don't have to leave power headroom in the game. You don't create power creep. I don't understand ARPGs though, guys. C Dub with a five dollar super chat. ABK devs are just prepping for what uh, for when they're under Microsoft. They have to find a way to keep the Game Pass subs up. This is just foreshadowing. I don't I don't buy into that. I don't buy into that. Oh, and the beauty of what I just outlined is you could grind the seasonal challenges and the seasonal battle pass in the eternal realm because none of those modifiers would be turned on which means you don't need the new mechanic you don't need the new skill tree like I was literally typing up the end of my monologue today and that just hit me and I was like why wouldn't you just do a seasonal skill tree with the seasonal mechanic and then all the loot suddenly has like a seasonal slot on it. <clears throat> Brown Excellence with six months of membership says, let's get to 100 for today. He's calling for the 100 member goal to get hit. We need eight more. Foggy says, I'm not sure why all the negative about D4 right now. I'm having fun. I'm powerful with new stuffs. What's the big deal? I mean, I'm not going to retread everything from the show open, homie. It, it, they, they did a literal stream apologizing for the patch. I, I don't... 
you're having fun doesn't negate their own admission the patch was so bad they said we're never going to do a patch like this ever again yo what's good freebird the thing with destiny is everybody got upset about sunsetting and lo and behold look where the game is now everybody complains when something new drops that isn't stupidly overtuned that community doesn't know what they want i don't i don't even want to i don't want to talk about that community or that game i just know in that game i always said the key to ongoing seasonal content is contextual power if if you can't grapple with that and figure that out you will always be in this situation there are two realities that you have got to obey headroom must be left for your seasonal power and your seasonal power will require buffs and nerf pendulum swings because they're always going to come in and they're going to link into an existing build too much right some necro build is going to link up with that seasonal build and it's going to be way too strong so you're going to have to nerf that build you will always deal with this the pendulum will go like this nerf buff nerf buff they even said we're lowering the cost of respec why that's your future in diablo 4 just write it down write it down not a single build that you come up with will stay viable for very long every single time they do a nerf they're going to squash something and raise something else up so then you can swing to that new meta it can't swing too far it can't swing too high they have to leave headroom for the seasonal power That's 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 your future. That's your future in Diablo. That's what you're gonna play. There need to be temporary power loans that are eventually paid off and make a way for a new loan. Yeah, you you don't need to leave headroom in player power if it's always a lateral and contextual thing, and that's totally fine because it's literally just for the season. They only said that about one patch for damage control. The patch did have lots of nerfs, but we all know they intended the nerfs to counter the malignant hearts. Yeah, that's what I've been talking about. That, that's exactly what I've been talking about. That's, that's the headroom problem. I don't think every... I don't think the new season is even worth the grind. Start a new character every single season? F. Why's Tommy putting a question mark? Is YouTube acting up? Is the like button broke? <laughs> is it is the is the is the gifted member button bro what's going on chat are we having an issue today chat's gone very very slow all of a sudden parasito says this almost feels like using feature creep as a remedy for power dynamics and sandbox balance fails Wired Rope says, what's funny about Destiny is the way they went to Diablo initially for advice on a a live service game, and look at them now. Put that W up for Alex and Lono. (laughs) I tried to tell him. I tried to tell him, Himbo. I was like, listen, y'all, this game, you've not begun to see the problems. You haven't. What does that have to do with the Eternal Realm? I'm not sure what your question's in reference to, Eugene. Why does Eternal Realm need gutted to free up room for seasonal? <laughs> the, that's the real ticket, Eugene. The, the, the characters themselves 
the the skills and the abilities, everything you have, whether you're playing in the eternal realm or the seasonal realm, those are the, the those are the characters, those are the classes. So whatever you build in the seasonal realm is going to eventually come to the eternal realm. So when they make a change to like the necros class, if they make the change game wide, they can't just say, "Oh, seasonal necros got nerfed, but eternal realm necros are not nerfed." They don't. I don't think they have a way to do that. That would. <laughs> You talk about splitting the game in two, that would be so confusing. Can you imagine the patch note confusion there? You nerfed Necro? Why? No, no, no. We only nerfed Necro in the uh, in seasonal, uh, but in the Eternal Realm, he's not nerfed. So at the end of the season, when the Necro leaves the Seasonal Realm and comes to the Eternal Realm, the nerf will be removed. So it's a temporary... We're basically breaking your ankle uh, because you're going to run too fast. Uh, we're, but your ankle's only broken in the seasonal realm. <laughs> it would be so confusing. It would be so confusing. C-Dub with the $10 super chat. Love the show, but you honestly don't think this is foreshadowing of predatory practices. Look at the new tier system for Game Pass. I'm a PC, PS5 player, so it benefits me. But Xbox console gamers? I don't... I'm telling you, I do not see a straight line between the problems in Diablo 4 and the Blizzard deal. The Activision Blizzard deal. They're not connected. I, that, that, that feels like a non sequitur to me. Yo, a gifted member from DK Beggar pushing us closer to 100 members on the day. In in the early weeks, I've not checked out Baldur's Gate 3, no. I know Baldur's Gate 3 is like RPG players dreamland, but turn-based is a turn-off for me. I just, I, that game looks phenomenal, but I don't know if I can get into the content loop. Does that make sense? Like, I can look at games that are uh, any games that are XCOM, okay? I can look at them, I can see the value and the appeal, and I'm like, I'm gonna be so bored in that content loop, that content loop just doesn't interest me. I, I, I feel like the content loop in Baldur's Gate 3 will just turn me off almost immediately. I'm willing to give it a chance, but I, I've, I've always struggled to get into turn-based games. It feels like this is going down a path where there will be next to zero new players because of the inevitable volume of damage types and buffs. You do not like turn-based, so it's not for you, yeah. All I'm hearing is that you don't want to bang a bear. I mean, that might be a reason to play the game. (laughs) That's just, you know. We need a gamer's union that can boycott and have power. What? What do you mean a gamer's union? We don't need a gamer's union. We are the market. We have a voice. Use it. What do you mean? You, we don't need to unionize. Do you have any idea? Look at, look, listen to me. Do you think that Diablo campfire stream that they did, do you think that was because, what, some guys on Reddit got mad? No. Twitter, YouTube, Reddit, the forums, everywhere unanimously screaming like what did you guys do to this game what what is this and they responded you don't need a union you just need to speak your mind intelligently and calmly in the avenues that are available to you yo five gifted members from catwalk he puts us right on the doorstep of 100 members on my first day back thank you so much catwalk It essentially has to be turn-based because of all the options available. There's no way you can play Baldur's Gate 3 without without at least a pause button. 
If you put every type of crowd control under imagination into a game of various mobs and give players no way to manage it, that's a broken game, says Hilly. What grift are you paying dues to? Yeah. <laughs> Who you want to pay dues to? That's right. Not all turn-based loops are the same. Would definitely give Baldur's Gate 3 a try. Here's what I'll say to you, Nathan. I looked at the combat in Final Fantasy 16 and I said, I don't think I'm going to enjoy it. And I love it. So I will give Baldur's Gate 3 a try. Because if there's a game that converts me to turn-based, that's probably going to be the game that would do it. Turn-based over action. I'm on the other end of that spectrum. I think action-based games are so much more enjoyable than turn-based. It's just a different perspective. It's a background thing. I didn't grow up on turn-based. The games that really converted me out of first-person shooters like Call of Duty, Unreal Tournament, Quake 3, even even like Borderlands, the games that really converted me were third-person games where I could see the player and the and the action was just it it was engrossing. I'll tell you the game that did it to me. I borrowed my brother's PlayStation and played The Last of Us and I said, "What is this? This this is something I've never done before. This is new." And from that point on, it was over. I am Marvel with the VIP Plus. Thank you so much. And Catwalk, going to walk it to 99 with a single. Thank you so much, Catwalk. The two turn-based games I've enjoyed traditionally, Super Mario RPG and Child of Light. I liked both of those games. There's a chance. There's a chance. Yeah, High on Life came to PlayStation. I I don't know why it wasn't like 50 bucks. Like 60 bucks seemed sort of weird. They also didn't say anything. It just seemed really odd. There was no marketing. There was no announcements. I don't know why. That that was a weird one. I I don't... That situation... I, I, I still haven't... I still haven't figured it out. I'm like, what? Why wouldn't you announce that? Did they announce it? I didn't see any tweets... Maybe the actual developers did. PlayStation didn't seem to announce it. I didn't see anything from them. Unless, again, I missed it. I was on vacation. So, admittedly, I could have missed the tweets and the announcements. But, I didn't see it. What about Mario Party? Oh, did I say Mario Party? Did I make... I might have misspoke. The two turn-based games that I've enjoyed traditionally is Super Mario RPG and Child of Light. If I said Mario Party, I misspoke. Alpha Gaming with a five-spot super chat tip. Thank you so much. Steven Marston with 22 months in a VIP plus. The beard is back. The man is back. Welcome back. Thank you. D4 already made its billion. It could care less if nobody plays it now. I don't agree with you at all. Do you honestly think... Do you honestly think they built a live service game, one that they had planned to support for 10 years. You think they're happy about the state of things right now? I told you guys, I said, if their bottom line gets threatened, they will make a change. Peyton Keith lands it. Peyton Keith lands the 100th gifted member. You win the prize, and the prize is a thumbs up for me. No, seriously, thank you, Peyton Keith, for landing that plane. Tinfoil hat. Microsoft releases High on Life on PlayStation with no marketing and at full price to justify not bringing games to PlayStation. Oh, they'll be like, it didn't sell well. Uh, oh no, it's Alex recommends Chained Echoes as a fantastic turn-based RPG. Yeah, he got he, he got somebody from Chained Echoes to follow him on Twitter. 
Probably because he was tweeting about him. This game didn't sell well over there, so it's not worth doing again. I'll be honest with you. That would be a really weird strategy for Microsoft. Don't they want to make money? That would be so weird. Why would you not... You wanted the thumbs up? You'll, you'll have to try again at 200 members, Parasito. So, let's get to cracking. Let's get to work. Listen, that doesn't make any sense. High and Live Dev has nothing to do with Xbox. Yeah, the, the, the dev... Unless they're in some kind of, you know what it is. How long ago did how long ago did High on Life release? When did it release? High on Life release date. When was it? Yeah, yep, December last year. I'll tell you what it is. It's a marketing contract. It wouldn't surprise me if all if they're wrapped up in some kind of a marketing contract where if. If they went there first, Microsoft probably said something to the effect of 12 months, not a peep about being on the other platform. If you go to the other platform, no marketing. We don't want to see a PlayStation trailer. We don't want to play- see a PlayStation ad. So it's probably some type of a one-year thing where it's like, no, uh-uh, you're, you're in a marketing contract with us. We have full rights to, to the game to, to marketing rights of the game for 12 months. Ula Tech and Javier Cotto are like, we can get this train started, and they bump the line to 102. Thank you, gentlemen. Appreciate you. PlayStation YouTube did drop... Oh, so PlayStation dropped the trailer yesterday. Okay, so that hurts the theory. That hurts the theory. So High on Life launch trailer hit the PlayStation channel yesterday. It's not a marketing contract, I, you know? So that theory just got shot to sunshine. So I don't know. I don't know. Unless PlayStation on their own was just sort of like, we have our own things that we're marketing right now. I'll be honest. Spider-Man is a bit of a black hole. Spider-Man continues to be a problem. He's a blessing and a curse for PlayStation because you trot him out and everything gets overshadowed by him. That dadgum trailer. It just, it, what? Spider-Man's crazy. The, the, the global reach of Spidey is nuts. Parasito with five gifted members taking us to 107. Thank you so much, Paris. Eugene says, hear me out. The game wasn't that big of a deal. They didn't want to spend money on marketing. It did was you know, it was a fun game. I liked it, but it's probably not some commercial mover. You know? It's not some big commercial mover where they had to make sure that they were marketing it and getting ready to go. I, that's probably fair. That's probably extremely fair to say. That PlayStation looked at it and thought, eh. I no, we don't really need to We don't we don't really need to to do anything with it. I could, I could see that being the reality. You know, shooters do very well on their platform, but that doesn't mean that that shooter in particular tested well with their, you know, with their own market. <laughs> their own research might have dictated that, eh, you know, it's it's been out for seven months, and, you know, we've, we're not going to get a huge turn from it. 
Remnant 2. Okay. Gaming news. I am getting the Remnant 2 stream ready. I'm going to show this game to you guys today. I'm enjoying it, but I'll I'll explain some of my gripes when I first boot it up. It's got some things in it that maybe you guys can help me with. I I'm I'm not the world's greatest gamer, but I'm also I wouldn't say I'm 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 not too shabby, right? I don't think you beat Sekiro and Elden Ring if you're if you're a total scrub. It only sold 200,000 copies on Steam. Well, now we might be getting an explanation for why they uh, they're not throwing any marketing behind it. Doesn't seem like a particularly strong uh, game, you know. And and I think that that's totally fine. Like not every game needs to be a banger. Not every game is going to sell millions of copies. I think that's totally fine. As long as it was a profitable endeavor for the developers, that's really what matters. ACG says the dog dies all the time. I picked Gunslinger because you have to unlock him, but I did the Ultimate Edition. So if you're looking to see Gunslinger, I can show you today. And I've got an ability on my gun that lets me heal myself, which I used. I beat my first, I beat the first boss first try. The bug that kept squirting stuff out of itself. High in Life trailer hit June 12th, 2022. Could have been year long marketing contract independent of the game's release date right and so then it then they were allowed to start marketing it like in July once they got outside of June it's possible what remnants do oh what archetype you go for yeah I did gunslinger it's not a seller it did well on game pass engagement yesterday you were right about remnant 2 I put it in balance so much better can't believe I didn't read the little sections below I told you, Roadkill. I was like, you're not getting screen tearing unless you you probably are on uncapped. And uncapped, in my opinion, is never a good idea on a on a on a on a PC, right? Um, found the first remnant tough on console. Enemy spawning behind you. A bit it was a nightmare. Yeah, I'm going to get into some of that. I'm going to get into some of the design, some of the attacks, some of the some of the layout, yeah. Could we get 11 more likes on the video? Let's shoot for 400 likes. Still kind of discussing Diablo 4. In about 30 minutes, we'll be diving into Remnant 2. I think that's a good transition. If you like Diablo 4, if you're interested in Diablo 4, Remnant 2 should scratch some of those itches. Those of you that are watching on Kick, you'll have to come over to YouTube if you're wanting to watch gameplay. I can't do gameplay on Kick. It's too much. It's, I can't see what's going on because my monitor that I use to stream to and talk to kick will be, you know, being used by my PlayStation 5. Um, you need to play with people. It's so hard by yourself unless you're in an endgame build. I, I put it on the lowest difficulty setting, though. So. Returnal on PC didn't sell well, but not playing Returnal is a crime as a genuine gamer. Returnal is literally one of the best games ever, and I'm a gamer since the 80s. Can someone get this man a gifted membership? That's Returnal is one of my favorite games of all time. I love it. Absolutely love it. It was my game of the year when it came out. It 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 totally deserved to be in the game of the year running over Deathloop. Loop. <clears throat> 
Hey, Mr. Han Brolo is in the chat, in the in the Discord talking. Haven't seen you in a while, Mr. Greg. Hope you're well, sir. See you typing there. Always listening in the Discord as well. Good to have you back. I'm just a scrub. Uh, let's see here. I'm interested in Remnant 2. Uh, yo, Ula Tech says, come on, y'all. Let's get the members going here. Takes us to 108. Trying to snag this man. Let's get this man, Roddick Royal, a gifted membership. Been a long time. Good to see you, man. All those homies from way back when. The nostalgia that hit me when I got the typewriter AR. <laughs> I'm not, I don't, I don't have that yet. I don't have that yet. Um, there, what else did we need to discuss from the, let me, let me pull up in my, my opening monologue. Let's just make sure we didn't leave anything undiscussed about Diablo 4. I don't want to spend the last 30 minutes not talking about Diablo 4. Okay. Uh, we discussed what they did. They basically nerfed everything. The UI accidental purchases. They What they said. What's the level of confidence in future seasons? And then I had to ask, how does this happen? Okay. So let me ask you guys. From where you sit right now, what's your confidence level in playing Diablo 4 long term? You know, what do you, what season do they turn it around? Somebody already threw out season three. Like season three will be the turnaround moment. They'll have ladders. They'll, they'll, they'll have this seemingly this new activity. What, when do they, when do they write the ship? Cause I, th- th- if there's a team that can write the ship, if there's a game that can turn things around, this is certainly one of those games. Welcome back, Lono. Hope you had a great vacation and a good breakaway from it all. Thank you so much, Xerox, for 13 months and a member VIP. You the best. Season 3 to 4 is the turnaround, says Spriggle. People are saying 0, 0, 0. Jaggy says Season 4. Behind in the vid, but honestly, Lono, while on paper, the Diablo patch wasn't good. Playing the season is still pretty fun. I think adapting the live service is going to be their biggest challenge. They shouldn't need to adapt the live service. They wrote the playbook for ongoing content in Diablo 3. They just had to iterate on it and innovate and evolve it. That's all they had to do. Hilly says 12 months plus, maybe two years. Round Excellence says season three or four. Couch Co-op means I'll be playing it for a while. The changes will be seen in season two, says Jake. Parasito says, I'd imagine two and most of three are already pretty far down the road. It would take a while to change cores. I that th- that to me I think is is the concern. How quickly can you make adjustments? Because there's so many issues that seem foundational. Y- you've got to change those first. Does that make sense? I'm trying to think of an analogy. It it's like realizing your house isn't big enough, okay? You you, you can't just start adding doors. Oh, we'll have more doors. We'll have more windows. What? What? No. The foundation of the house needs to be addressed. You have to expand the foundation and make adjustments there before you can start building up, before you can start going higher and wider. So if they don't start addressing some of the foundational problems with the game, in my opinion, I think skill trees are one of the primary problems. They're so unidimensional. There's no pivot. Where are you going? When your build centers around one damage output, one what did what did Riker call it? One damage dealer. When it's that unidimensional, 
You, what are you going to do? Where are you going to go? It's not like in Diablo 3 where they could say, we made 18 different adjustments to the runes and now there's a bunch of new viable builds. They don't have that option. Look, look at the skill tree and tell me where's the pivot? Where's the, where's the room for evolution, innovation, changes? None. It's going to be a meta pendulum swing. That's what it's going to be. Eugene says how quickly they can turn it around is determine how quickly they can get off crisis maps. Yeah, I mean, there's foundational issues with resistances. There's foundational issues with virtually everything. I don't, I don't see a way. If you, if you don't address those issues, all these hot fixes, all these reactionary patches, you're building on a shaky foundation. It's only going to cause more issues down the road. Brolo says, has Diablo 4 gotten that bad? I haven't played in a month. Still haven't finished the main story. Was thinking about doing the season, but this isn't sounding good. It was... He's <laughs> it's, it's bad, Brolo. The, the show format now, Greg, I open with like a 20 to 30 minute monologue. You can go back and watch today's past broadcast. Just watch my opening monologue. Set it to like 1.5. It's, it's, it's easy to understand me at 1.5. And I give a flyover of the problems. They literally had to do an emergency stream and said, we know it's bad. We know it's not fun. We'll never do a patch like this ever again. That's where the game is right now. And they reduced uh, spell cooldown. Joe said in the live stream, Hilly, that CDR, cooldown reduction, is the strongest ability in the game. Like, he's, he basically said it's the strongest thing in the game, so they have to be extremely careful with CDR. Because, essentially, what he said was there was outlier builds where you your uptime, your cooldown was insane. You were basically getting your things back right away. As much as Doom and Gloom, I'm having a great time this season, going to max out the season pass, and I'll put it down for other games. I mean, I don't necessarily think that anything I've said today indicates that you can't have fun with the game. Right, it's that they took certain people's builds, investments, and work, and sort of dashed it on the rocks. I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. How is it okay that you are either alive or dead? Potions mean actually nothing. They addressed that as well. They said that there's a lot of instances where people are dying so fast they don't even know what killed them. They're getting one shot. I mean, those are thresholds that should be analyzed. What's that? There's um, there's a term for that, isn't there? Um, I swear we were talking about this when we were talking about a Souls game recently. Isn't there a technical term for essentially it's maximum damage output? The maximum amount of damage that an enemy can do to you when it hits you. When you're at level, okay? When you're at level and you go into like a boss fight, the enemy, you know, the boss nails you with one of its strongest attacks. And as, as long as you, you've got a health bar that's not all the way empty, you, you don't die in one hit. There's a maximum, there's a threshold where it's like, that's the most damage they can do to you. I think there's a technical term for it. I can't think of the term. Effective health. I can't remember. No, that's not the term. One of the problems with Diablo 4 is the gameplay is largely enjoyable with some frustrating aspects, but those aspects compound when one of the other factors comes into play. 
You get one shot in D2R if you don't have resistances in hell or no damage reduction. So it makes sense to be one hit in D4 when those things don't work. April, Wheezy said, big map and I'm only going to play one part of Diablo 4 endgame. But that's not how they built it. It shouldn't. You shouldn't be only playing one game, uh, one section of it. Is it damage gating, Lino? Is that the technical term? The technical term is angle dangle, alpha strike. No, I think Lino's right. I think it's damage gating. I think there's something that they do that gates the damage, and it says it's it's health gates or damage gates. It's something like that where. As long as if you're a level 100 and the enemy's level 100, they can't kill you with one hit. You have to be able to respond. Requiring perfection, you're basically turning the game into like a no-hit challenge. Like we have you get hit, you're dead. Terrible experience. Also, the difficulty scaling makes this feel like even when you level and get new stuff, you don't get much stronger. It feels so boring. I mean, I tried to to tell people that like a couple weeks ago. (laughs) I tried real hard. I tried real hard to tell people. I said, damage resistance scaling doesn't make any sense because I'm getting stronger and I'm getting new gear and I feel weaker. I... Game uh, armor core will be 50 to 60 hours long. Environments are much larger and more vertical. Enemies get more aggressive as their health drops. PC's native 120. That's a first for a FromSoft game. Wow, ray tracing can be enabled. Neat. So back in April, Wheezy said, the challenge with Diablo won't be getting people to buy the game. People will buy the game off hype. The challenge will be keeping people coming back season after season. Hardcore ARPG players pretty much mock Diablo 3's endgame and seasonal content for the past 10 odd years Diablo 4 isn't made for them anyways casuals I can guarantee will already be turned off making new characters every season so on both ends of the spectrum your game doesn't appeal to the hardcore ARPG players or casual players so all you've got left is your same Diablo 4 hardcore base is it really worth the growth now that was April 17th I'd hazard a guess I'd hazard a guess we were covering it that day right April 17th April se- April 17th, I did a stream, Wheezy, called Diablo 4 News. Is Blizzard listening? And it says here, there was a lengthy blog update which has me asking, are they listening? They're setting their sights on classes along with many complaints and criticisms about the dungeon design choices. Uh, my experience has been a mixture of fun and criticism. The biggest issue I had with Diablo 4 Druid, he felt weak, and I'm still not convinced they are doing enough. Yeah. So that was that was when I started talking about the resistance scaling, the damage not feeling good. Obviously, I was I've been constantly telling people that the casuals would walk away. No no doubt at all, right? You're stronger and more of a wrecking machine at level 48 than you are at 16. Well, I mean, I don't necessarily... I'm not saying that you you can't do more. I'm saying you don't feel stronger, right? You don't feel stronger. I don't. I don't feel stronger as I go. I went from 16 to 26, and the whole time I felt like it was slowing down a little bit. 
It wasn't massive. It was little, little teeny paper cuts of slowness creeping in. Every fight took a little bit longer. Every ad took a little bit longer to kill. I disagree with you on scaling. I'm 60 this season. I crush every bit of the content that I went through. I only feel weaker when I push higher tier dungeons. My experience during the campaign was not that. And my experience during the beta was that when my wife was 10 levels below me, she killed everything faster than I did. Because it scaled to her, and at that point, they weren't resisting as much. You know. I'm not the only person who's expressed that. Right? Okay, Valiant. I see. I see what you said in Discord, Valiant. You only get stronger as long as you're unlocking new abilities. Once you have them all, it barely changes. That 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 was my that was my point. Is it just felt very static? It felt extremely static. It was like I I couldn't put my finger on it. It, it was like, but then I realized like I'm not changing anything in my build. I'm just constantly putting on new gear. And what was she playing as? She was a rogue. The same thing happened with Wheezy. He joined my game, and he was super far behind me, and he was melting everything, too. I don't remember what character he was on. I remember being like, oh, I don't know, Wheezy. Are you going to be able to play with me? You're pretty far behind. And he's like, oh, it'll be fine. And he just mowed everything down. With one aspect, you can feel immensely stronger, but yes, if you don't find those big-year items, leveling from 20 to 24 won't feel much of a difference. Yeah, I don't need to go from 20 to 30 and suddenly feel like the Terminator I, I, I don't, I just need it to go in the other direction instead of like instead of going, I went from 16 to 26 and I felt like these teeny little regressions in my speed this teeny teeny little regressions, they weren't massive it needs to go in the other direction there should be teeny progressions in my speed and my power why I should be getting to the point where I feel like maybe I should turn the world tier up maybe I should make this a little bit harder I'm getting gear I'm getting new abilities I'm learning how to optimize the, the, the flow of combat I'm learning how to combo my build so that my cooldown reductions procking and I'm getting my abilities back and as that happens you're then motivated to say well, now I'm kind of turning the enemies into paper. Maybe I'll increase the world tier and get better rewards, get better XP, whatever the case may be. It goes in the opposite direction. You can tell me that that's not been your experience and you're mathematically incorrect. So you can sit here and tell me all day long, oh, but Lono, I, I, I leveled up. I, I feel stronger. That, that's fine. Subjective, anecdotal, contrary to the math. All the math points to the fact that that's not possible. You will not be faster. You will not be more effective until you can get to the end game and start min-maxing and start getting the right pieces and the right things. Like you're saying, oh, you get the right aspect and you feel really strong. You just confirmed exactly what I'm talking about. Until you got that aspect, everything I was saying was true. Weaker, weaker, slower, 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 weaker, weaker, weaker. That resistance scaling is going up, 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 up. And then you get an aspect and, and, oh, I feel stronger now. Yes, because for the last 20 levels, you didn't. The reason that aspect is triggering that brain to, oh, I'm stronger now. Yeah, because you spent the last 20 levels feeling the slow 
1,000 paper cuts regression of I'm, I'm not as fast and as strong as I used to be. And then it, boom, it swings up when you get that aspect and all of a sudden you have new, new things to make your build stronger. That 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 you're fu- you're cu- you're it's you're fundamentally confirming the problem by being oh you got to get the right aspects and everything turns. What? No, it's it's so it's so pedestrian. It hurts my brain. How all they had to do was say tier one campaign leveling to one hundred. You just feel stronger the whole way eventually there's a tipping point where you're going to feel like I need to increase the world tier. Yo, Dean Williams bumps the line all on his own. The first new member today that was not gifted. Thank you, Dean Williams. If you guys want to support the channel directly, consider clicking join. You can be a part of all of my members-only content in my members-only Discord. You don't need unique aspects. Once you get the codex aspects, you feel stronger every time you unlock one. I totally disagree. There's a third grind for a reason, and RNG is definitely part of it. Nothing about the grind to 50 is truly that hard. I've not once said hard or difficult. Never once have I said that it's too hard or difficult. My argument's very simple. It's not enjoyable. The micro-regressions in speed and efficiency, it's so it's so static. You don't feel like there's a power fantasy. Again, It's so pedestrian. It's so simple. Power Fantasy is not hard to do. They've done it before. In Diablo 3, when you're playing through, eventually you get to the point where you're like, this is a little too easy. I've got so much power. I have so many abilities. My gear is so good. I'm going to increase the world tier. That's the point I'm making. They've built the house backwards. You start feeling the power regression and the need to min-max and the need to, like, slot fill way too early. It's like, what? No, I should just be sort of feeling stronger and swooping up in power. And when I crest over the hill, I'm like, this is either getting mundane because it's too easy or I'm loving it because it's just fast and easy and maybe that's what I want. But if I feel like it's too mundane and too easy... The solution is simple. You just increase the world tier. You're like, oh yeah, I'm a little too strong. This is going a little too fast. I could use with some more XP, higher drop rates of gold and items, whatever. Let me increase the world tier. They invented that. That's that. That's their baby. They invented that dynamic, and they just threw it out the window in this game. It's like, well, no, no. Damage resistance scaling is just going to continue to go up, so the enemies will resist you the higher you level. What? That's not necessary until the end game. That's really not even necessary until you leave World Tier One. It doesn't serve any purpose. <clears throat> Felt this aspect discussion in my first playthrough as a necro. Once I get grasping veins, the game became easiest. Then I broke further once I got vulnerable aspect. It made the game not worth playing until I hit World Tier Three. Helix with 18 months in a VIP. I've been waiting since before you left VK to send this. Glad to have you back. Hope you had a great time. Thank you, Helix Music. Deed says the damage buckets, it's a bad design and probably the biggest proponent of the power fantasy. That's fine. I can agree with that. I didn't like Returnal. It wasn't for me. I love Diablo 4. The world continues to turn. 
Lono, in season one, I just tossed on green gear and I felt plenty powerful on the ride to 50. I'm not talking about that, Hitman. I don't care how it feels in season one. The base level game, the base level foundational philosophical decisions that they made are coming home to roost. They made unidimensional builds and classes that center around extremely static, very quickly attained vertical leveling. I'm level 20. I have everything I need for the rest of the freaking game. They make the slightest adjustments, nerfs, or tweaks, and your unidimensional, your build orbits around one central thing, and it's destroyed. Everything they made in the base game, if you look at the base game decisions that they made, it's all coming home to roost right now. I try to tell people, it's like, this game is not built to last. They built two games. They had people pulling for MMO ongoing format, really low drop rates on items, really, really slow leveling. What the frick? And then you have seasonal ARPG, or really fast leveling, reset your character every three months brand new abilities and brand new mechanics that go away every three months these two things they're not linking together they're not look at all the reactionary changes they're making the foundation's the problem you you can't you cannot build on this game i've been like i've been covering live service games for eight years and when I come over a game, what I look for is elasticity and systems built for longevity. And they didn't freaking do that in Diablo 4. None of these systems are built with any elasticity in them at all. They're so... Look at the skill trees and tell me you don't see it. They're so unidimensional. There's nothing there. It's like you're going to pick your five abilities and that's it. Everything orbits around that. So any changes they make to that destroys or ushers your build into the new meta. All of it's built on that foundation. You having fun, you feeling like, oh, but in the seasonal grind, oh, it's moving pretty fast. That is superfluous to the discussion because you've happened to find a build or a character or again, you're in the real early stages of the season. That's the honeymoon period. Everything's shiny. Everything's moving. Everything's grooving. That's great. Talk to me when you're 50. Talk to me when you're going to these activities that aren't working right right now. Talk to me when you go into activities that are one-shotting you. Weezy says, remember when I said the skill tree and the skill twigs lacked depth? Weezy, do you remember when we looked at the, uh, the Paragon board? And I was like, I don't understand. Can you only do one? Can you only do one hemorrhage board? And I was like, if you can only do one hemorrhage board, you stop leveling at 50. I was like, there's going to be one, there's going to be one hemorrhage board build. It, it felt like the illusion of depth. Like once that guy put together that tool, I don't know if you were here that day, Wheeze, that guy put together that, uh, that the, the Paragon board tool I started poking around with it. I was like, I don't understand. This doesn't seem like it's adding depth. It seems like you get to level 50. If you're doing a bleed build on a barbarian, you're going to pick hemorrhage and everybody's going to know the right track. There's not going to be like a variety there. There's going to be one right track to take. And then you're going to get the legendary 
uh, whatever it's called. There's a legendary. Are they called runes? I, I can't remember their names. I said how you play day one will be how you play day 100. I mean, Riker said that in his review. He's like, you get your primary damage dealer, and he's like, from like 24 on, from 25 on, for 75 levels, you're basically using the same stuff. I was like, what? I will say playing Rogue, there's like four to five viable builds, but that's not the case when I played Barb. Also, the respect cost really doesn't encourage experimenting. Yeah, they're going to drop that by like 40%, I think they said. One of the reasons I think the rogue has more viability is because the rogue has almost two skill trees within its skill tree. Does that make sense? You can do a hybrid. You you can do a hybrid or you can do range or you can do close. Like you can really there's a lot of permutations there. I think that's one of the reasons why the rogue I've been hearing that. Like oh yeah, rogue's got a lot more viable builds and then you sorcerer people are like I'm done. I, my, my build's broken. Same for Barb. Same for Necro. You're like, you broke my build. My build's worthless now. Your build doesn't pop off until you get to the higher world tiers. That's where you finally get good drops that make you stronger. Plus, barrier skill you use becomes a must. Here's the thing. That is totally fine. Apparitional Wolf. That's fine if the road to get there is kind of like a greased, greased slide. You're just like, woo, I'm leveling, I'm getting stuff, I'm powerful, this is awesome. And then you crest over a power apex where nothing's really challenging you. And that's when the player says, maybe I should crank up the difficulty. And then the game starts to level out. You're like, okay, a little bit more difficulty. Oh, I'm not quite as strong as I thought I was, but I'm getting better drops, so I'm answering. I'm mitigating the power. Mitigating, mitigating, mitigating. Oop! Slid off. It time to raise the world tier again. Ding 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 ding. Okay. Gotta level out. Gotta get some better. Gotta get some better drops. Right? Game starts to level out. It's it's not like that at all. It's like this from moment one. It's just like you just gotta keep slowly climbing this summit. And then eventually you have some crazy build. It's like it doesn't feel like a progression. It feels almost like a. It feels more like a pyramid, where once you climb to the summit, then you can slide down the other side. I I, I don't think that's a good. I just I don't feel like that's good. That it's not well designed. It doesn't feel designed to engage with seasonal content either, because then the seasonal content's constantly coming in and eating headroom. We talked about this earlier, right? They have to leave headroom in the power structure because if not, there's nowhere for the seasonal mechanic and the seasonal power to go. Without that headroom, what are you going to do? You're you're already you're too strong already. So they have to lower everything down and leave that headroom. That headroom's permanent. By the way, in their current such a problem, it just 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 dawned on me. They have to have headroom in the power structure of the game in perpetuity because every season's going to come in and say, "Hey, I need room." to give the player power. Well, then the question becomes how how do you give the player that level of power and not have it just become ridiculous during the season? You're going to steamroll the game. Why? The game has to be tuned to a power fantasy where there's headroom. Does that make sense? D- do you see? Does that make sense what I just outlined? You have to leave headroom 
so that the play the, the, the seasonal power can come in and feel relevant and in that headroom context the whole game has to be tuned to classes that have been toned down with headroom that means every season the seasonal power and mechanic comes in and then what are they going to do well now they're going to be too strong the whole game's been tuned to classes that have this headroom and because we've created this headroom the whole game is basically at an eight and they're all going to be at a level 10 with the seasonal mechanic so the seasonal mechanic is going to invalidate all of our balance decisions remnant not hitting 60 hitting 60 for me what you're saying Lono I feel at levels 50 plus like it feels like I gotta keep going up as I go I think the headroom is 50 to 100 no 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 hitman when I'm describing headroom what I'm saying is here is the max power a player can hit before it invalidates the game's structures here it is they can't let you get there why? Because seasonal power is going to come over and be on top of that. They have to create headroom. So now, player max power has to be here. And when they do that, they have to take the whole game and bring it over and say, okay, all of the game, all the enemies, all the damage output, all the health, every activity has to be tuned to this new lower ceiling. For reference, this is one of uh, this is one skill's passive skill tree in Last Epoch. Keep in mind, they completely alter the way skills work. I don't understand. That's for one. Hang on. This is one skill's passive skill tree. So, oh, this is for swipe. So, swipe has. 2, 4, 6, 8, 10, 12, 14, 16, 18, 20, 22, 24. I quickly counted that. So just one skill has 24 things below it that you can tweak and customize. They can't have us doing 2 billion damage. That's right. That's right, James. You have to create a ceiling... Because the real ceiling's up here. The real ceiling's up here because the seasonal content's going to come in and malignant hearts are going to take you higher. Isn't Destiny the same? I always said blue gear killed reds just as fast as they felt when capped ETC. Nothing ever truly feels strong. Yeah, that, that, that's that's a different thing. That's a, That's a content relevancy discussion with respect to enemies and areas have to maintain some semblance of threat you can't constantly have you, you can't be constantly going back and um, you can't be constantly going back to areas and just mowing everything down in one hit like the, the, the Bungie developers have spoken to that and said you know part of their philosophy is that you have to be able to maintain some semblance of like there has to be some semblance of the game is still alive Right? Oh, I go back to an early uh, public area or an early strike, and I'm I'm one-shotting everything by sneezing on it. That, to the same degree, that's why Diablo always scales with you. They don't want you going back to early areas and just like, you know, you, you have passive thorns on or something, and they hit you and they just die. 
Thanks for your coverage of Diablo 4 and for your coverage and your honesty. I did not buy this game. Thank you, Javier. Alright, here's what we're going to do. I owe you guys 20 members. I'm going to do that in the next stream. We're going to be playing Remnant 2 in just a moment. Typically, we go into a member stream because right now I would be sending you to like a premiere and then we all discuss the premiere after. We're doing a little bit of a different uh, dis- you know, structure today. <clears throat> Instead of sending you to a premiere... I'm going to send you to a stream where I play Remnant 2, okay? And I'm going to gift the members that I owe you there. And we'll keep tracking this when we're over there. Sven, thank you so much for subscribing for three months over on Kick. You guys that are on Kick, you're going to need to come over to YouTube for the gameplay. The talk show is going to end in like, you know, five minutes or whatever. Okay? I wasn't even on Kick. It must have just re-upped. Yeah. I'm going to, if you're on Kick, come over to YouTube. We're, I'm going to be switching to gameplay in a moment. Okay. Here we go. Shut down kick. Okay. Here's what we're going to do. Here's what we're going to do. I'm going to quickly, quickly run upstairs because typically this is when I take my stretch break, my restroom break because you're watching a premiere. I'm not sending you to a premiere. I'm sending you to gameplay. Okay. So, and it's going to be live gameplay. I have a gunslinger. I'm a certain, I'm like sort of in the beginning stages of the game. I've gone through the tutorials and I've gone through uh, a lot of, uh, of the, the, the campaign dialogue and stuff, okay? So we're going to jump in in just a second, but I've got to quickly stretch and, and use the restroom. Do me a favor. Don't leave. Smash the like button. We need 60 more likes to get to 500 likes and stick around. You might get one of the gifted members. I already owe you 20 and we can keep pushing that. We got to push really, really hard. I was gone for a week. We fell way down to like, I think like 2,200 members. I'm going to come up with some member goals for you for, you know, 2,500, 3,000. No, the gameplay will not be members only. It will not. So you're going to want to come with us because you might get a membership. I'll gift members there. We'll do a member stream after gameplay, okay? I'll be right back. Don't go anywhere.
Okay, I'm back. Get the game loaded up here. And I will redirect you guys. My game is updating. There must have been some kind of an update. Uh, I need cap card two. We got to change the input device to that. We got to lower it a teeny bit. Okay. Okay. I'm going to provide you guys with a link. If you don't use the link, you can use redirect. It'll also be the featured video on the channel, like if you have to go back. Okay. There we go. YouTube's being kind of squirrely today on the back end. Hopefully it hasn't affected you guys at all. Um, been having a difficult time just to like get to things. Blasphemous 2 is up for pre-order. That game looks really, really cool. I'm going to turn it down just a touch. Now, there are some things in this game. There's some areas that have really made me... Um, it it kind of reminds... Some areas remind me of Returnal, like some of the open areas. Very interesting. Ubisoft making fun of Twitter's new logo. Um, Alright, Gunslinger gameplay. Let me get my tweet out here. Uh, now, I will readily admit to you, I have not been paying attention to the story that much at all. Um, I've not... No, no, no. I've not swapped over. I've not hit live yet. I'm getting ready to. Okay... I'm going to ping Discord. Ubisoft canceled uh, plans for the sequel to Immortal Phoenix Rising. Oh, that sucks. All right, here you guys go. Alright, that link in chat will take us over. Do me a favor when we get over to this new stream. Smash the heck out of the like button when we get over there. Um, it'll really help. Sometimes these new these new streams kind of struggle. And make sure and smash like on this one on your way out. We only need 50 more likes. There's over 400 people still here. Okay. Okay. <clears throat> 
Thanks so much for checking out some Remnant 2 gameplay with the Gunslinger. You can see I'm level 2. I put close to 2 hours into the game. I'm going to just sort of show you some of the gameplay. I'm in, I think, a prison at this point, and I was just going to sort of play through that area just to showcase some of the gameplay. I'm through the tutorial. I'm going to give you some of my thoughts too early on when I first get into the game, some of my criticisms, some of my praises. Uh, If you like this kind of content, make sure and hit subscribe. Make sure and hit the bell button. That way you don't miss my talk shows. I already did a talk show this this morning about all the stuff going on with Diablo 4. Diablo 4 fans should be a fan of Remnant 2. There are definitely uh, some similarities, I would say, even though it's not a top-down. 